Hey, Joe, quit being such a mean guy. Mo says you're a mean man. WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Quit being an old meanie, Joe. Come on. What word did you say? What word did you say? What word did you say? No hand, there's no need to feel down or have no feet. But you can touch to the ground a new eyeball. So put your glass eyeball down. There's a place you can be happy. Flatters, there's a special today for some fingers. It's double coupon day if you're buying. Less than ten parts you'll find you can use their new Express line. They sell the body parts that you see in LA. They sell the body parts that you see in LA. They have everything from a thumb to a jaw. All you need is your own saw. You get your body parts that you see in LA. All sorts of body parts that you see in LA. You can get a new heart. It's 10.02 at uh, WQAM on a Monday. As the beat goes on, baby, we can't say squad. We can squad a little hey. bit, but we, can we say it? No. No. It is just amazing what's going on. Friday, there was like a little light bulb that went off over the top of my head. I was standing there taking a uh, leak. Can we say that? No. Taking no. a pee. Going. And, of course, my little bathroom, my second bathroom, is only a few feet away from this lovely little studio. And uh, I'm playing that dolphin song, that K.J. Dolphin song that everybody loves about the dolphins stink and this and that. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, he says, 50,000 holes sitting in the stands. And I thought, oh, no. Now, George, of course, being Johnny on the spot and being panicky, as he should be, uh, dumped it, right. I think. Well, I, I'm pressing the dump button just periodically. <laughs> just for the hell of it, just to make sure. Right, like every 15 seconds I'm pressing. Right, just, just to make... Darn sure that uh, nothing <laughs> bad gets on the air. Oh, oh, listen. I know. <laughs> I find out this morning that the list is growing, and of course they don't want to give us any specifics. Well, you uh, give it a, ch a shot. Take your best shot, and then we'll Careful. let you know afterward whether you said something bad or not. Anybody who really believes there's free speech in America anymore, you're crazy. You you have to. You're certifiable. You need to be in a rubber room somewhere. You can't say squat. So the new deal is we can't say, G damn. Well, I don't know how else to, uh, how else to uh, phrase it. We can't say uh, God. We can say God bless America. But that's the newest one. We're still trying to get a ruling. Uh, they're having a confab somewhere. We're having a uh, ruling on crap. Can we say crap? As of now, we can still say crap. Uh, now, that bit that we have by Bob and Tom, head shampoo, I don't think we can only say nope. head if you're going to go. I don't think we can say it under any circumstances. No. If you're going to go take a, a leak, like I said before, and go to the head, no. I think you or he's got a good head on his shoulders. Can we say that? You have to say noggin. Head and no. shoulders, if we had advertising for that. See, just like that farting horse in the Super Bowl commercial, if there's money to be made, then you can say whatever you want. Then it's okay. I thought there was money to be made. What, in crap? In uh, Yeah, in saying crap. Well, look at what we're doing. Here's the uh, poll result from Friday. 2,475 uh, votes, damn near 20, darn near 2,500 votes. We can still say damn. We just can't say damn. G damn. 
George, uh, which of these people, places, or by the way, Ariel Sharon, nice job on that roadmap, sweetheart. He's doing it, me. Oh man. <laughs> Look at him go. Woo! And now the word is today that they're so whipped up into a frenzy they want his head on a plate. Oh, I'd pay money to see that. Will it be a kosher plate? I don't know, but it'd be a hell of a big head. It's a good thing they don't want his whole body on a plate, man. Woo! <laughs> I think they have to use a platter. Which of these people, places, or businesses do you think is the most overrated, mostly hype, we asked in our poll? George W. Bush, 446. And Richard Clark says uh, he's a freaking liar, a freaking a, uh, effing liar, is what he said about El Presidente. Howard Stern, 281. <coughs> Joe's, I can still do that as of now. Now, tomorrow I'm not too sure. We're going to get some more clarification for you. Just wait, Purbo. Joe Stonecrab, 209. Paris Hilton, 172. Rush Limbaugh, 158. South Beach, overrated, 150. Ronnie Raygun, 82. Walmart, 80. Walmart, number one on the Fortune 500. Biggest, uh, most uh, grave-robbing business in the world. Larry King, 78. Uh -huh. Disney, 70. Rosie O'Donnell, 65. <laughs> Ricky Ticky Sanchez, 64. The Outback Steakhouse, 60. I'm surprised at such open out uh, hostility at the Outback. Right. Benefer, 51. Donald Trump, 49. Planet Hollywood, 49. Hard Rock Cafe, 41. The Rascal House, 38. Alex Pinellas, 37. Sawgrass Mills Mall, 36. Jimmy Buffett, 36. Elian Gonzalez. Elianito, 35. Paul Castronova, 34. Simon Cowell, 26. WQAM, 25. The Bahamas, 23. Smith and Walensky, 17. The Swap Shop, 16. Niagara Falls, 13. Bayside, 11. Chuck E. Cheese, 11. George Lucas, nine, and the Sequarium coming in last place, pulling up uh, the rear, had three for the Miami Sequarium. So that's uh, quite a list of places that people think are highly overrated. That whole state of mind thing, you know what we left off at here? The Forge. The Forge right. on the beach? You're right. It's another state of mind. I mean, if you don't know anybody in there to schmear, if you don't know the maitre d', they sit you in that room way in the back, the one where a few people got shot. No, I think it was in the front they got shot. But at any rate, they sit you way there in the back, and the service yeah. is just pathetic because they figure you're some kind of a schlepper that shouldn't be there in the first place. And then when you get those those microwave uh, potatoes, that's the best. I mean, what are they? I, this was years ago, many years ago. Maybe they really butched up their act, you think? No. No. Hamas chief killed an airstrike Oy. as the Israelis once again, Ariel Sharon, opens up the floodgates of hell. That's what the Arabs are saying today. Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, spiritual group of uh, spiritual head of the Palestinian militant group Hamas, was killed. He was butchered, smashed to smithereens in an Israeli airstrike. He was targeted as he returned from a mosque in Gaza City at daybreak. Reports said he was being pushed in his wheelchair when he was directly hit by a missile. Good hit, by the way, but not uh, not good timing. Two bodyguards and one of his sons were reported to be among those killed. At least 15 people were wounded, those pain-in-the-ass bystanders. Can we say ass? No. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> well, let me ask you about that. At the funeral procession in Gaza City, mourners jostled to touch Yashin's coffin, which was draped in a green Hamas flag. Gunmen wearing Hamas headbands fired shots in the air, kind of like in Hialeah. They said today they killed an Islamic symbol, and now they're saying every house in Israel will be a house of death. They're saying they're, they're pledging that uh, the stuff is really going to hit the fan now, and they want Ariel Sharon's head on a plate. I didn't make that up. That's what uh, they're saying. You know them? Yeah, them. 
they're saying. So the entire Arab world, even those people that weren't all that crazy about Hamas in the first place, uh, they're all like bonding together now. So Sharon is doing for uh, the militants in the Middle East, he's doing for them what Bush did for uh, Osama Yamama. Right. Oh, go ahead and attack Iraq and just turn the whole Arab world against you and just turn Iraq into a hotbed of terrorism. So I did watch Richard Clark. I have the audio on tape, which we will play today from CBS's 60 Minutes. So I guess that, you know, Paul O'Neill and Richard Clark, all of these people, they just want to sell a book. And that must be it. Yeah, yeah that's what the right-wingers will tell you. Oh, yeah. uh, they're just making it up. Look at the timing. His book is coming out today. They just want to sell a book. Right. He just wants a job in the uh, carry Right. Counter. That must be it. In connection with uh, Richard Clark, well, let me first give you the poll today. Let's hop right on that. With all the FCC crap going on, and, of course, it's a good thing that we can still say crap as of today. I mean, maybe tomorrow we couldn't take this poll. Hey, we could have a... We'd uh... have to say tomorrow, with all the FCC stuff going on. But being a vulgar and a potty mouth, I just can't... I can't say stuff. You know, when I want to say crap... <laughs> we should make it the word of the day while we can say it. Right. That's right. When I want to say crap, I don't say stuff. Like, I'm going to go take a stuff. <laughs> Until we can't say that. With all the FCC crap going on, Neil should, and I've got five choices on here. Now, did I leave anything obvious out? I don't I don't know what the other options are. Nothing obvious. Retire. Keep going as best he can. Just keep ripping Bush and ass. See, now we can still uh, say ass today. Play music or go back to all bedtime stories. Those are the five choices on the poll today. Daisy Fuentes behind the beaded curtain today if you're over the age of 80. And you swear uh, never to look at it again. Daisy Fuentes. And like I told you, when you click onto that beaded curtain thing there on our website, be sure and keep your eye on John Ascroft's eyes. They're moving around. He's monitoring you. Newsweek magazine has learned that in the months before 9-11, the U.S. Justice Department curtailed a highly classified program called Catcher's Mitt to monitor al-Qaeda suspects in the U.S. after a federal judge severely chastised the FBI for improperly seeking permission to wiretap terrorists. During the Bush administration's first few months in office, Attorney General John Ashcroft downgraded terrorism as a priority, choosing to place more emphasis on drug trafficking and gun violence, report investigative correspondent Michael Isikoff and assistant managing editor Evan Thomas in this week's March 29 issue of Newsweek, which is on the newsstands today. Let me say it again. Ashcroft wanted more emphasis on drug trafficking and gun violence. Too bad they didn't put Rush in the slammer. That would have been good. Popping all them oxys. Oh, brother. They sure had their priorities, right? And, of course, they also left out of this to show you how that liberal media is covering things up again, covering up naked statues and drug trafficking. You know what I mean? All right. of these things. That's right. <laughs> you know, it is. It is this, you know what? This is like a, a, a dream. This is like sure. a nightmare that never ends. We're going along, singing a song, doing our thing all of these years, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, well, you can't do this anymore, and you sure can't do that, and you can't say this. And everybody's getting fined and suspended and fired left and right. And the public is like, like that. Just like that. And the, and the mainstream media, other than 60 Minutes, the mainstream media is just uh, going on with their agenda, just ringing that cash register, making as much money as they can, and that's it. I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you that if it was CNN they were after for some crap they put on the air, or for some stuff they put on the air, uh, then all of a sudden you'd be seeing, oh my goodness, they're after us, their freedom of speech is gone, and what are we gonna do about this? They'd be, they'd be screaming around the clock 24-7. But they're not. And they're sure not after Fox News. <laughs> Although, 
See, what I'm thinking is that maybe some people ought to start protesting, just like the Stern people are protesting Oprah, which we'll get to that. Start protesting all those racy shows on the Fox Entertainment Network as opposed to the Fox right-wing news network. Right. What goes around comes around. And see just how many fines they get and how many licenses they lose at Fox for all of that unacceptable left-wing, commie, pinko, radical, rabid, homo uh, stuff that they put on Fox Entertainment so they can make the money to fund Rupert Murdoch's right-wing agenda. Anyway... And you catch my drift so far? No, repeat it. I'm drifting. 1013 at 560 WQM, your unbelievable station for the uh, new millennium. <laughs> hey, listen, we just can't say oh. nothing no more. And then, oh, and, Morse code. We got, we'll get to the front page article from Saturday Sun Sentinel by little Tom Jicka, which, Tommy, you know, see, this is one of the reasons I don't like doing those things no more, is because Tom means well, and I appreciate the uh, coverage of the issue and uh, the stopfcc.com uh, plug in his other story. But at least get it right. I didn't say QAM has stripped my uh, this and taken away. I said based on the FCC uh, vagueness and rulings now, I can't play all of this stuff no more. But he puts it in such a term that kind of creates like an adversarial relationship, which we already have one of those anyway. Get it right, Tom, but thanks anyway. 1013 at QAM. Hey, if you're fat as a cow, and just about everybody and their brother in America is, balance for life isn't tough to stick to like most of those other so-called diets. Because Balance for Life is the premier meal delivery service based on the Zone Diet by Dr. Barry Sears. And they deliver all that delicious prepared food right to your doorstep. I'm not talking about prefabricated garbage. No crap in your little sack. Three delicious fresh meals, two snacks every single day. So with all of that food, five feedings a day, you can't really say you're on a diet. So try for yourself the real meal service that delivers results based on the Zone Diet. And don't settle for imitations. Imagine there's no shopping. No cooking, no cleaning, no calorie counting, not even any carbohydrate counting. And people on Balance for Life are losing an average of 12 to 18 pounds a month. The Zone Diet's been proven to lower diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure, too. I think what they mean is lower your blood sugar, is what they're saying. I don't know how you lower diabetes. And now, if you ever wanted to try the South Beach Diet, here's your chance. Balance for Life is the closest thing you'll ever find because Balance for Life is the only meal delivery company that offers you menu choices that lets you go from Phase 1 to Phase 3 of the unctuous South Beach diet. So feel the difference. See the results on the scale just about right away. If you're frustrated, if you're fat, it's unhealthy. Trust me. Do it before you become diabetic. Believe me, if I ever told you anything true, that's the true right there. Call them toll-free, 1-866-225-4543. That's 1-866-225-4543. Or check out their website, balanceforlife.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. Hey, what's up with your Gotham and Sporkle? Freedom's dead, freedom's dead, let's bury our heads. Oh. Freedom's dead, freedom's dead, let's bury our heads. Absolutely. Okay. StopFCC.com. We're doing really well on there. Florida's a very strong third. In fact, we're right on California's ass at the moment. Uh, we're making some big move in there. In fact, uh, I just took a look at it. I see uh, your boy Miguel signed on there. That's good. Should I put that on the air? 
Yeah, yeah. No, he came in to say, hey, I just uh, signed the thing. Go look and see if my name Nice going, Miguel. Of course, that means he's going to fall out of favor in the Hispanic community, although probably not because even our good, close, personal friend over there at that uh, No Speaking English station, Joe Ferrero, mm -hmm. at uh, Radio El Sol, right. he's quoted in this Tomzik article, too. I'll get to the article. Uh, and a whole bunch of stuff. Then we got the audio from the uh, Richard. Uh, I don't know whether we really need to play that. Don't you think everybody saw 60 Minutes last no, night? No, I think no. we really need to play that. I'm just, it's just a joke. <laughs> just relax. Here's a little tease. Right now. See, there you go. No, no. Uh, really, why they had, you're right, why they had a lightweight oh. like Leslie Stahl do that piece. I mean, it's like the future of the world is hinging in a balance, and they've got... Leslie Stahl, who's okay like maybe doing, you know, cooking recipes or right. interviewing Martha Stewart. Human but, I mean, oh, she is so embarrassingly juvenile and so mm. sophomoric. She's weak, weak, weak. That was one for Mike Wallace to be doing. Right. Or Ed Bradley. The or, ballsy uh, Ed Bradley. Huh? Yeah, Ed would have been great. Yeah, that would have been a dynamite with that little earring in his ear. But at any rate, so nice going, Miguel. Don't, I'm telling you right now, and please don't uh, take this lightly. And there are going to be some people say, well, you know, they're going to get a few thousand signatures, and what will that mean? we got almost 67,000 signatures on there now, does our friend Scott up there in New York on StopFCC.com. And if some self-aggrandizing pompous fools on the air would spend more time promoting that thing instead of just making a link on their websites, uh, we'd have hundreds of thousands already. Uh, you need to get together with Eric. Okay? Oh, man. Now, listen to me. Okay. Whoa! No, I'm serious. Uh, remember the So Far campaign I did in INZ many years ago? S-O-F-A-R, Save Our First Amendment Rights. We need to rekindle that only for the purpose of raising some money. Okay. We need to get together with Eric and maybe even Norma Kent, because what we did was we you have to create a, a corporation. Okay. Because I don't want people sending in checks made out to me. That's uh, that's bad. In fact, huh. if we got Although... enough, I might just leave. No, seriously, and set up a corporation like that, not for profit, and then take the money and buy ads, and I'm talking in the next month, within the next month, and buy ads in like, uh, I'm thinking USA Today. Okay. I'm telling you where else I might even think about putting, I know this is disgusting, but you know on the fudge report on that website? Mm hmm With all the people that view that every day and put the banner up there, stopfcc.com. You see what I'm saying? I do. So you and Eric need to brainstorm that because I don't have the, uh, you I'll know, get Norm I'll, I'll be more than happy to make a nice donation to start it, like a grand or a couple of grand right. or something like that. But if we can raise maybe like 50 grand, and then we need to find out what the rates are, like in USA Today and um, New York Times. That's what we did before. Only this would be just for the purpose of promoting the message that's on there on this uh, website. And then uh, the the actual uh, website itself, stopfcc.com, so we can get that million signatures. Because at the rate we're going now, it's going to take months and months and months to get to a million because there just isn't enough publicity for this thing. I think I read somewhere that Art Bell promoted it over the weekend on his show, but uh, most of his people are on that new planet. That's the problem. It takes a long time for their messages to get here. But stop and think about one other factor that makes it so difficult. If you're working for a cheap channel, if you're on one of their stations, are you going to go on here and promote StopFCC.com? No. No way, Jose. I don't think so. Not unless you think you can sneak your signature on there and not going to find out about it. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're like a, a well-known personality on one of the cheap channel stations, uh, you're not going to go on here and promote StopFCC.com, even though you should, because that would, their corporate people would have a nervous, they'd have a cow, is what they'd have. 
Here's a fax that says, last week I faxed you stating it was ironic you could say G-damn, but not other words. Yeah, last week we could say the whole thing, now I can only say G-damn. G. I guess the Bible thumpers woke up, he said. Now, it's got nothing to do with the Bible thumpers. It's got to do with our corporate attorneys over there in uh, Fort Myers, Naples, wherever the hell are hanging out in Naranja. says, thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Neil, Neil God, oops, oops, Neil. Uh, Neil God. Ah, 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 Neil God. Cut it out. When in doubt, cut it out. Tom Jicker writes on Saturday on the front page of the Sun Sentinel. Thanks again, Tom, but next time get it right. I, I just don't like being misquoted. He did that to me twice. He did that in the first article, and then he did it to me again. And I'd, I'd never said that, uh, well, forget about it, that this QAM has stripped mine my occasionally risque program. Does that sound like what I would say? No. First of all, QAM doesn't have enough smarts to figure out what, I mean, we got 5,000 comedy bits in here. Do you think that they went through the thing? And, no. No. It's just based on what the SEC rulings are right now and based on the corporate uh, interpretations of same, which we're desperately trying to get some clarification. It's a hell of a deal. All you people listening to me right now, when you go to work every day, you have to beg your employer to say, to tell you what it is that uh, you can do and you can't do. You know? Mm -hmm. Like if you drive a cab. Okay, boss, how fast can I drive today? <laughs> I would say. About 30, man. Yeah, even on uh, I-75, on the 30. Because there's no stop signs. Well, we're in the same pickle here now. The FCC has got these vague and ambiguous uh, rulings they're making up as they go along every day to curtail freedom of speech, to curtail your ability to enjoy your entertainment, radio, TV, pop-up toasters, cable next, satellite radio and TV next, Internet next. There's no ending it. Tom Jicker writes, South Florida radio host warned to clean up acts to avoid fines. Justin Tinkerbell might as well have torn up Neil Rogers' radio playbook when he ripped away part of Janet Jackson's top during the Super Bowl halftime show. Petrified by the specter of draconian new penalties from the FCC, up to $500,000 per offense for broadcast indecency, South Florida station managers have tightened the rules on what air talent may say. Rogers, who has been the dominant personality in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale market for more than a quarter century, says his employer, WQM, has virtually strip-mined his occasionally risque program. That's not what I said, but anyway. They've taken away about 70% of my comedy bits, said Rogers. That, again, is not what I said. Who has been given a new list of forbidden words, that's true, which includes trademark epithets he's used thousands of times over the years, which, of course, is... Absolutely correct, sir. Those are in addition to the infamous seven taboo words George Carlin once coined in the comedy routine, which became an official part of broadcast law. I have about 5,000 comedy bits in the computer, said Rogers earlier this week. How do you listen to everyone to see if something that is now forbidden is in it? I find myself auditioning bits during my breaks to make sure they're all right before I put them on. I've been playing some of these things for 25 years, and suddenly they say I can't do them anymore. The ripple effects have also reached Spanish language radio with its own new list of forbidden words. I backed myself into a corner here. I'll finish this after the break, okay? Because I don't want to like, have to rush through it. Did he say rush? Okay. Right. I don't have the proper pills here to you know, be able to talk fast enough, and no helium either. 1026 at 560 WQM, your station for the millennium. It's really, it, it's, uh, who could have ever believed this, you know? Nothing. Who could have ever dreamed this? And in addition to which, who could have ever dreamed that the response would be so, like, namby-pamby? You know, oh, gee, yeah. It's, it's scary. But then again, you're in America. I'm not. Don't say hey, are you in a really dead-end, crappy job? Are you overpaid, underworked? What did I say? <laughs> oh, I was thinking about Todd Reck. Are you underpaid and overworked? 
Maybe you'd like to have a new high-paying career, but you just don't have the cash or the four years to waste on college. If this sounds like your situation that you're in right now, if you're struggling, pick up that phone and call Fast Train today and change your life in a really positive way. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. They can have you trained and certified for a great new high-paying computer network professional career by summertime, by the middle of the summer. You can be fully trained and ready for that new job by, like, say, July or August. Fast Train offers day, evening, and weekend classes to fit around your schedule. Fast Train offers job placement assistance and financial aid to people who qualify, too. Fast Train's got seven convenient locations to serve you, so don't wait. Change your life today by making one easy phone call. How simple can it be for you, even if you're simple yourself? Call them today at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And like I said, by late summer, middle summer, whatever, you can be on your way to a great high-paying career and the big fat paycheck that goes along with it. And who doesn't like a big fat one? Check them out on the web at FastTrain.com and then make that call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. And then the Lord said, Let there be light. And lo, there was light. From the same people who brought you the much-beloved Talking Bible comes a new ten-volume set, brilliantly updated for the 80s. Yes, it's the Rapping Bible. There was dark everywhere. Then the man said, light. and the light was there. He said, I've done good, there's no doubt. On the seventh day, he just chilled out. Genesis, Genesis, beginning of that, beginning of this. Finally, the good book is bad, and his word is nasty. Check it out. There's a town called Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody partied like no tomorrow. God looked down, said, not my fault. Don't look back or you'll turn to Saul. That's why he took a peek. Started to freeze, the cow came up and licked her cheek. Take a lick, y'all, of a cheek, y'all. Imagine all the psalms, all the parables, every sacred biblical word interpreted by the finest sucker MCs of all time. Genesis, Exodus, The Rapping Bible, making his word fresh again. 10.33, boy, those markets are in a precipitous... Drop today, I'll tell you that. I'd you make a that? sound, but we're not allowed to. I beg your pardon? I would make a sound effect about that. Don't do it! The ripple effects, writes Tom Jickey, have also reached Spanish language radio with its own new list of forbidden words. Oh, before I finish this column, I got two more choices for our poll today. With all the FCC crap going on, Neil should, I got two more, do a sports show. Oh, yeah. Or do an all hockey, sh- do an all hockey show. Come on, Eric, let's get those two on there and get a lot of votes. Rimmer will vote for the hockey show. Then he can replace you. Sure. Come He's on. He's to have something to do next year. There ain't going to be no season. Oh, and before I finish Jicka's column, the Panther organization, once again, pissing off people from coast to coast. The It's kind of like they're in some kind of a contest to see if they can have, like, an empty arena by the time they have the last game. They now have what they call the Lexus Parking Spaces. The four uh, rows, double rows, which is the closest to the escalator to go into the arena, which used to be when you... And keep in mind that the people who pay for the good parking there, they pay extra for that. I think it's 10 bucks a game. But no, you can't park there no more because now those good spots are the Lexus area. You have to be driving a Lexus, and you also have to pay on top of that. Yes. So at the game, uh, I think it was the Buffalo game on Saturday, I got a spy report. 
And they had a pretty good crowd because they were giving up, uh, giving away Luongo uh, something or other, giving away some free stuff. So people brought their kids and they showed up. Uh, you know, people that don't really care about the game, but if there's something free, they'll be there. And there were like ten Lexuses parked in there uh, out of about six hundred parking spots. And everybody else had to walk an extra 100 to 200 yards to get to the escalator. And a lot more people are pissed off and fired up. See, I hate to break the news to you, Alan Cohen. Most people don't drive a freaking Lexus. How do you like that, you idiot? God. Every time they get a chance, they turn around and do something to piss off the fans. For example, there was a game a week or two ago when it was raining cats and dogs. And so people come into the arena with their umbrellas. Well, guess what? Can't have an umbrella. That's a weapon. Can't bring an umbrella in here. So the people had to go back to their cars, stash their umbrella, and then come waltzing back into the arena in the pouring rain getting soaked. Maybe we ought to do a poll on that. Some more ideas so that we can have nobody at the uh, sporting events in South Florida. Anyway, the only problem, said talk show host Enrique Santos on Friday, is that an English word is the same for anybody who speaks the language, but depending on the country, a word in Spanish can be either harmless or incredibly offensive. Una palabra en español. Santos and his sidekick, uh, Joe Ferrero, have been held up as local heroes since they made a prank call to Fidel Castro nine months ago. Incredible. Their morning show on WXDJ El Sol, FM 95.7, is the most popular on Spanish-language FM radio. The Coconut Grove-based Spanish broadcasting system, which owns WXDJ and other stations, has distributed a list of 21 words, mostly references to sexual and excretory organs and functions that can no longer be set on the air. Some of these are so offensive, Santos said, one would have to be an idiot to use them. However, the second-generation Cuban-American said the list included one word that the dictionary defines as the female sexual organ. For Cubans, the same word, although an expletive, has a different meaning and is commonly used in everyday language. Don't say what it is, please. You can say our show has some colorful content, though I never thought it was offensive, said Santos, who considers the FCC's reaction to the Janet Jackson stunt a witch hunt. Absolutely correct, sir. Everybody in the industry is scared to death because of the outrageous fines the FCC is imposing. He says, he says, I'm not a millionaire. I don't want to take the risk, nor do I want the FCC to use me as an example. Isn't that how he said it? Example? Example. However, critics say the FCC's refusal to be specific about what is permissible now has left broadcasters in an uneasy and unfair position. Absolutely correct, sir. One new guideline, according to the FCC, is would an average adult judge the material to be offensive? Where do you find the average adult, Rogers asked. What is an average adult? I guess the FCC will decide. To play it safe, stations are being extremely cautious. In addition to the banished comedy bits and words, WQM told Rogers he can no longer broadcast flatulent sounds. Now, there's one thing I can interject here, okay? Remember the raspberry guy that used to call in and drive you nuts? How could we forget? How could we forget? Well, let me say this to you. That could be a raspberry. See? I was asking you about raspberries. Right. I like raspberries. In fact, i got some in the fridge right I now. i got raspberries and strawberries. Way, so I don't think you should be allowed to... Uh... And incense and peppermints. <laughs> Rogers, whose show airs from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., is the local English language talk host most affected by fear of the FCC. Most affected by fear... Be afraid. Be very afraid. ...of the FCC. WQM does sports the rest of the day. The market's other prominent non-music stations are owned by Clear Channel, which primarily uses syndicated talent. Clear Channel, which dropped Howard Stern from six stations, including WBGG, has instituted a zero-tolerance policy toward indecency for all its talent, local and syndicated. They're a good one to talk. They are indecent. In fact, if you look up the word indecent in the dictionary, you'll see Lowry Mays and Dave Ross and uh, Pete Bolger's pictures next to it. Indecent. That's Cheap Channel. And John Hogan, the driver. 
Rogers, who makes a reported million dollars a year, says he's neither stubborn nor stupid and thus will adapt. I'll do whatever they want as long as the checks keep coming every two weeks, says Rogers. You just have to be more creative. He's already proven he's capable of that, tweaking the FCC in the process. Instead of using one of the new forbidden words, he says, Vice President Cheney's first name. Oh, how clever. Aren't I clever? No. No. Thanks, Tom. But next time, get it right. I don't think there will be any next time. That's why I stopped doing those things. Because no matter who it is, no matter how good their intentions are, they uh, they just misquote you. I didn't, uh, whatever. How's that poll coming so far? What, with all the FCC crap going on right now, Neil should just keep reaping, uh, ripping, reaping bush and ass 147 out of 200, 212 votes already? Wow. Aren't you impressed? Impressive. Uh, just keep ripping bush and ass 147. Keep going as best he can, 45. Retire! 12. 5.6% say retire. Go back to all bedtime stories, 4. See, they hated that. You're the only one who liked it. They hated it. it. Play music, 3. I voted. I was one of the three. That's what I voted. Do a hockey show, 1. See, what did I tell you? We know who voted for that. <laughs> and do a sports show, none. Well, I guess Clarence hasn't voted yet. Right? I'm sure. Do a sports show. Come on, you can do it, Neil. You know all of this stuff. Just what we need is more of the same redundant crap. And by the way, I heard this morning a story that Joe Rose is a bad guy. Right. That's the that's the story that your close personal friend, the mole man, is spreading. He's a bad guy. He's mean. Absolutely. You're a meanie, Joe. <laughs> that that's. I'm not going to tell the story on the air because there's an aspect to it that's you know delicate. But I just want to say this: if anybody thought that Mo Howard David was like. Uh, a good guy? No, no, not just a good guy, but if he was like reforming a little bit, like he was trying to change his ways. Maybe that happened for about how many seconds? About 30, man. And then he changed his mind. He has totally be, uh, returned to a form, believe me, and then some. What an idiotic child you are, Mo. You're just pathetic, okay? You ain't no Joe Rose, I'll guarantee you that. You couldn't lick Joe's toes. Can I say that? Oh. Wally B says, I fully support you in your fundraising project. Makes a hell of a lot more sense to me than contributing to individual politicians. First things first, I pledge $100. Thanks, Wally B. I'm sure Eric knows about the Internet PayPal payment method and would make convenient for people uh, using credit cards. But don't we have to have, like, we have to register some kind of a name? Uh, something. I'll ask him. Yeah. I'll call him. Well, you you uh, brainstorm that with him very soon. Pronto, Tonto. Today. It says, if that feature could be introduced on your site, it would enhance the process. Good luck and kudos to you, your show, and the Stop FCC guy. That's Scott in New York for being active on this heinous. I don't think, can we say heinous? Rectum. We can't say anus situation. Thanks, Wally B. You're a good guy. 1041 at 560 WQM. I promised myself I would never do these campaigns anymore, raising any money, but somebody's got to, like, uh, stand up. And somebody's got to support it. And I'm not saying I'm the one that's standing up, but this guy Scott in New York with his petition drive, it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. And a lot of, and, and I'll also say this, which I never do, but the people in this audience have really responded big time. When we started with this thing a week ago tomorrow, when, we, when somebody called in to turn us on to that website, there were like 1,700 people from Florida who had uh, signed those petitions. Now we got almost 9,000. So somebody out there is paying attention, and somebody is pissed off and fired up. Can we still say that? Yeah. As of today, we can still say that. In fact, you know what we ought to do is just play that all the rest of the day. Pissed off gets me fired up when I hear someone say that. Pissed off gets me fired up when I hear someone say that. See what I'm saying? Well, while we can. Well, because we got a quota, I'm sure. So that's why we got the quota. Let's keep playing it. 
<laughs> I've been telling you for years why you ought to call Dial a Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS. Dial a Mattress backs up everything they say in their advertising 100%, but their competitors still use lots of false and deceptive claims. When you see a mattress ad making outrageous claims, do yourself a big favor. Read the fine print. There are lots of lies out there. Here's an example. The ads scream half off, but this only applies to a limited selection of items that you'd never choose. Everything else is full price. And they probably double the regular price first. And you'll probably never be able to make a fair exchange if you don't like it. At dial mattress their ads have no tiny print, no disclaimers, no lies, no BS. Can we still say BS? Sure. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll see that their prices are so low, other stores have to offer half-off sales just to compete, to be close. Dial-A-Mattress has a no-risk 30-day comfort exchange policy. How many days? About 30, man. On all beds, including yours. And don't forget, when you call Dial-A-Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS, you're getting a company ranked number one in overall customer satisfaction. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers, Dial-A-Mattress reminds you to read the fine print because we want you to know what you're buying, even if you decide not to buy from them. So what you be waiting for, do what I always do, pick up that phone and guarantee yourself a great night's sleep for years to come. One easy call, that's all it takes, 1-800-MATTRESS or log on to mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, the honest way to buy you a great bed. We're Sports Radio 560, QAM. Neil Rogers on Sports Radio 560. Oi! Oi! Paris Hilton had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And there she lived a simple life with her friend Nicole. With a dunk cluck here and a dunk cluck there. Here cluck, there cluck, getting lots of yuck yucks. Paris Hilton had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Paris Hilton made a tape, E-I-E-I-O. And this tape was really hot, E-I-E-I-O. With a download here and a lawsuit there. See it once, see it twice, she is naughty, not nice. Paris Hilton made a tape, E-I-E-I-O. Paris Hilton had a farm and a reality show. It's funny all the things she'll do while the cameras roll. And if she's so dumb, I wonder how come she is paid every day when she rolls in the hay. Paris Hilton had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Hezbollah fires at Israeli post on Lebanon border. What a shock, huh? They open up the gates of hell this time, man, at Ariel Sharon, that big fat tub of crap. It's right next door. Look at that, the Dow's down 120 points, or 121, and the NASDAQ about 31, and dropping like a gigantic boulder. Wow. Anyway, regular guy suspended over stunk, stunk gone awry. WKLS Atlanta's morning show, The Regular Guys, hosted by Larry Wax and Eric Von Hassler, have been suspended from the Clear Channel Atlantic Rocker following a stunk gone awry on Friday's show. The hosts were reportedly working during a commercial break on a stunt in which a porn actress was taped simulating various sex acts. The duo planned to wear the tape backward, kind of like in The Exorcist, <coughs> thus avoiding any indecency problems, but the dialogue went out over the air, rolling underneath a commercial. WKLS management told R&R, we're conducting a swift and thorough investigation of this morning's WKLS broadcast. Our preliminary understanding is that a microphone was left open accidentally during a commercial break. How do you like that? Hmm. Suspensions... Firings, fines, you name it. For example, the nearly three-year-old broadcast that brought Howard Stern his first indecency fine since June of 98 involved Stern and his crew defining terms like Blumkin, Balloon Knot, and the David Copperfield, phrases used in regular rotation by Opie and Anthony before they were canceled by Infinity in August of 02. 
The content cited in Thursday's $27,500 fine against Infinity was a July 26, 2001 Stern show that triggered a complaint by a listener of Stern affiliate WKRK in Detroit. That's the same station facing a $27,000 forfeiture for Dominsky and Doyle, a fine recently upheld by the FCC. Infinity maintains that the Stern material wasn't actionably indecent and didn't contain any description of sexual excretory organs or activities in a patently offensive manner. Infinity also argues that the Commission's generic indecency definition is unconstitutional. See, that's where I wholeheartedly agree. Nobody's got any idea what they're talking about, including the FCC. In previous rulings, the commissions fined not only the station cited in the complaint, but others that aired the same broadcast. So far, it's only fined KRK, something that's not sitting well with Commissioners Michael Copps and Jonathan Edelstein. Both chided the commission for not finding other Stern affiliates in their statements, with Copps suggesting that WKRK's indecency track where it warranted, a track where it warranted more than a slap on a wrist. In other words, yank their license. This Michael Copps. He makes Michael Powell seem like a good guy. Rabid foaming at the mouth, bah! and he's a Democrat. And then it goes on in the article, to uh, it's on our website, to uh, list the whole conversation in there about uh, what is a uh, Blumpkin. I, I don't want to go into it, and we certainly won't. But Howard Stern accused, oh, this is in the New York Post, accused Oprah Winfrey of being a fellow potty mouth, saying the afternoon TV queen is there the same kind of kinky sexual material for which he's being pilloried. And I've noted that on some of the Stern websites, their Stern campaign, which I wholeheartedly endorse, for people to write letters to the FCC filing complaints against Oprah. Then you're going to see the stuff hit the fan. You know what I'm saying? Then it's going to be a whole different... Oprah. Yeah. If they find me for this, then they've got to find Oprah, the darling of the world, Stern told listeners after trying to play a shocking excerpt of her an Oprah show on teen sex. And if they find Oprah, he said, all hell is going to break loose. The shock jock pleaded on the air with the station's general manager to let him play a tape of Winfrey and her guests discussing an erotic activity known as tossing the salad. Yeah. This is Oprah Winfrey at 4 in the afternoon saying this. Oprah graphically discusses it, Stern told his, uh, told his K-Rock boss, Tom Cusano, whatever his name is. On Thursday's Winfrey show, a writer for her magazine... Oh! explained in meticulous detail what she described as popular sexual pastimes for America's teenagers, including oral and anal sex practices. The writer, Michael uh, Michelle Buford, also described in detail a variety of other slang sex terms. Don't bleep it, Stern pleaded with his producer. This is what's going to expose the hypocrisy. This is our battle of the bulge. If they find me, they have to find her. Can you imagine the headline, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Winfrey Fine for Indecency? Cusano put Stern's rant on hold for 10 minutes and sought counsel from Infinity Broadcasting lawyers after Stern threatened to call Mal Karmazin, president of Infinity Parent Viacom. The lawyers turned down his request, and Stern's wary producers kept the sexual references off the air. Under the standards as they now exist, our answer is, do we believe that that's indecent? No, we don't, Cusano said. Do we believe that they, the FCC, believe it? The answer to that is yes. Everything and anything they don't like is indecent. A spokeswoman for the FCC's Enforcement Bureau told the Post she hadn't seen any complaints about Oprah's show. Typically, the FCC doesn't act or comment on controversial broadcast until a complaint is received. FCC guidelines also weigh in factors such as context and material that appears to pander or is used to titillate or shock. A Winfrey spokesperson said her show was on production hiatus and that Oprah was unavailable for comment. Well, what a coincidence, huh? She's unavailable for comment. So she goes on here. Well, this is just for educational purposes. <laughs> right. Who are you kidding, bitch? Oh, can we still say that? Today. Who are you kidding, sweetheart? 
Let's see. Here's one that says, if you have Bell South as your Internet service, they've found a new way to rip you off for 290 after the year contract is up. You'll be charged 290 for another uh, made-up charge, whatever that means. Oh, well, this is somebody's, uh, you, you're probably the one put them up to this, somebody's personal gripe with oh, Bell South. I don't, I don't, know, we don't have We don't have time for that, okay, at this uh, juncture. Well, we have it, bigger fish to fry. I beg your pardon? It's the copy of the letter they sent telling them how they're going to be ripped off, so I just throw that away, too. I just did. All right. 325 votes with all the FCC crap going on. Neil should just keep ripping Bush and Ash. 223. That's almost 69%. Can we say 69? No. Like I said, it's a little over 68%. Keep going as best he can. 71. Retire. 17. 5.2%. Say bye-bye. Go back to all bedtime stories. Four. And I bet you George voted for that. No. What did you vote for? The one that's in the lead. Oh, keep ripping Bush? Yeah, yeah. Do a, do a sports show, four. Clarence voted now. And probably Greg. Play music, three. Or do a hockey show, three. So let's see, Rimmer and uh, Farrell, his wife. And who else would have voted? Or Denise Potvin. He's yeah. a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb frog, Denise. You silly goose. You silly ass. Man. WQM, hello. Line one ain't there. Our first call of the um, week. Nothing happened over here. Why don't you press it again? I just did. Nothing happened over here either. No, no. Oh, please. We have a telemetry. Uh, well, well, a telemetry on. problem? Apparently. Oh, no. Oh, there oh, you, go. Go. you got it. You did oh. it. I did not. You did that. It's I the number did. line one's on hold. Well, press it again. I didn't Ooh. touch it. Ooh. Ooh. Hello. Go. Yes, sir. What up? What up, pal? What's up, pally? Where is the list? WQM, hello. Hi! WQM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, Neil, I was glad you mentioned that, because uh, I, I, I got a new one for you that you're going to love. But first of all, i got to just make a quick point, is that as long as the government is making their money on taxes and that there, that was my uh, point. The last, there, yeah. the, uh, the last time on... Uh, on the Super Bowl about the erectile dysfunction and the dog sniffing the crotch and right, the right. spotting and all that. Well, here's a new one, Neil. A judge ruled that the Girls Gone Wild video is not pornographic. They're millions, making millions of dollars in taxes off of this thing. All of a sudden, you can show the breast, you can show the rear, but you guys sure. have to walk on eggshells. You cannot mention this stuff on the air. You know, it's ridiculous. In fact, it, you know, like... the the girl turn around and pick up the soap so we can get a better view. But you guys are, are so limited, and, uh, and you know it just—I I just had a call and say that to you. Thanks, Pally. Okay, see you now. When they knock on the door, hide under the bed. That's right. Okay, Neil. Bye. See ya. That's our message to America right now, and this is not a joke. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Right. Okay, I'm there. Remember those Bill of Rights? No mo. Ain't got 'em no mo. Freedom of speech? Forget about it. Freedom of the press, gone. 10.56 at 5.60, WQM. And just like I said to Tom Jicka, that's the one thing he got very accurate as long as the checks keep coming. By the way, Clarence, the 25th is Thursday. we got two very big Thursdays coming up. You want to know why? Okay, I know one. This reason. Thursday, March 25, is payday. And next Thursday, April 1, no fooling, is uh, trend day. 11.30. Charlie. Oh, yeah. Now, that's going to be a precipitous uh, trend, man. That's going to tell us whether we got any future whatsoever or whether I'm uh, out of business, whether Greg has completely done the old Humpty Dumpty on QAM and broken it into a billion pieces. Even that uh, head over there in uh, the Middle East, 
that they that they bombed uh, and killed yesterday, even he wasn't in as many pieces. Unlike, of course, that uh, Egyptian uh, uh, thing, that sarcophagus. Oh yeah. Ramsey six. Now, if we say Ramses, isn't isn't that a condom? Like I said, uh, six. Pharaoh. It's the last mortgage you'll ever need. It's the only one mortgage from Financial Group. The benefits are incredible. You pay zero closing costs, zero application fees, zero credit bureau fee, and even zero discounted points. Get yourself the new low interest rate of just 1.25%. If you have a hundred thousand dollar loan, your payments are a mere 334 a month. If you have a $200,000 loan, your payments are just 668 a month. And don't forget, once you refinance and get a new home mortgage from Financial Group, you'll never, ever pay closing costs again. So call today this toll-free number. It's their new number. There's no obligation. Call 1-866-395-LEND, and they'll explain it to you. Get the low-rate mortgage you deserve, then move to your next property with no further cost or expense, zero underwriting fees, zero dock fees, zero closing costs, even when you move to another property. And speaking of moving and houses for sale, i got a great story about my neighbor. Don't let me forget in the next hour. Okay. No. Get the new low-rate financing of just 1.25% with the only one mortgage from Financial Group. For details, call 1-866-395-LEND and never, ever pay closing costs again. That's Financial Group at one 866 395 LEND, the Renequal Housing Lender. Restrictions apply. Rates subject to change monthly. 4.21 APR. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is the most disgusting program. I urge everyone to complain to this station. That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. When will you be in Orlando? Oh, about 10 minutes. From Miami? Sure. I'll just take the bullet train. Now you can travel from Key West to Jacksonville in less than 15 minutes on the Florida Bullet Train. Thanks to your well-researched landslide vote. Now boarding the bullet train for Yahoo Junction, Apopka, and Hookamonga. Why just take the monorail for some barbecue when the bullet train can take you all the way from Tampa right into Biscayne Bay? Where you can explore the tropical barrier reefs made entirely of Cuban Buick. Your vote of confidence in the credibility of elected officials has finally paid off. Take the Florida Bullet Train. For travel information on the Florida Bullet Train, call... Wait a minute. Wait. Oh. <laughs> it's 11.02. That's one of my all-time favorites. Here's the uh, new poll from Zogby. Kerry, 48, Bush, 46%, undecided 5. If you throw Nader in there, that's the chigger in a woodpile, uh, then it becomes Kerry, 46, Bush, 46, Nader, 3, and undecided 5. See that? Mm-hmm. Now, in the blue states, those that Gore won, carries ahead 56 to 38, 4% undecided. In the red states, the one that Bush won, or at least allegedly, Bush is ahead 53 to 40 with 6% undecided. But wait till you hear this in the Zogby pool. It's on our website, by the way. If a major terrorist attack were uh, again to hit the U.S., 51% of likely voters prefer to be led by Bush as compared to Kerry's 40%, with six undecided. See that? Mm-hmm. So I sure hope we don't have no uh, October surprise, if you catch my drift, if that's what it gets down to. Daisy Fuentes, almost uh, completely nude. Got a little fishnet deal going there. Behind the beaded curtain today. Take a look at the response on our poll. Pretty exciting. Aren't you impressed? Impressive. 
396 votes with all the FCC crap going on. Neil should just keep ripping Bush an ass. Wreck him. 265, 67%. Just keep going to best he can, 89. Retire. 19, 4.7%. Say I should. Now, I'm not so sure that all of those are like negatory, you know? Maybe they're thinking enough is enough already. Just uh, go and enjoy your life. Storm on. You think? Huh? Make a part of it. That kind I don't of really know. Do a sports show, 8. Do a hockey show, 6. Go back to all bedtime stories, only five, and play music, only four. So naturally, being a hard-ass like I am, let's play music. <laughs> That's what I voted. Of course, they hate my music, and they also hate Condoleezza. There she is. To do about Al-Qaeda. And it was... Oh, get out of here, man. She is a nasty, nasty-ass bitch, that uh, Condoleezza. Oh, that's right. We can't criticize Condoleezza. Dr. Rice can't criticize her no more because that's also part of the new Constitution. Right. Size no lackeys in the establishment because that'd be bad. Five six seven oh five sixty. Now what are we going to do with this retardo? That's what is his name, Ron? Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do about him? I mean, it was it was amusing the first couple of times, but I think we need to get him as Prozac. Or maybe yeah. he can, uh, we can get Rush can get him in touch with uh, what's her name, Wilma. Sure. WQAM. Hello. Yes, sir. Are you, uh, WQM, hello. Yeah, I'm speaking to Neil. Speaking. Um, I was wondering, you did such a good job with that pet drive. Why can't you do this, you know, with this, uh, with the SEC? Yes, sir. Well, what does that mean? Well, Turn that radio off in the back there, please. Why don't you send the van out to different places and people can come and, um, Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That's always good. Take the van out to Iowa and Oklahoma and Arizona and New Mexico and California and Wisconsin. Yeah, take the van out and get people to sign the petitions. Isn't that a hell of a lot easier than just going online? <laughs> See, I guess I didn't explain myself too well. See, the idea being, since there are 50 states last time I checked, the idea, if you're going to get a million signatures, is to get them from all over the country. See? And so we can get some publicity for this campaign, because most people never heard of StopFCC.com. Most people wouldn't know what we're talking about. But if you go online and check it out, or if we take out full page or half page or whatever quarter page newspaper ad, and we put the explanation in there, which Scott did a good job of on the website, and then we let people, uh, you know, uh, find out about the uh, thing, about the where to click onto it. In fact, we can even have a form where they can sign their own petition, right, right in the uh, ad. Okay. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just take the van out and get, uh, let's see, how many, by the year, I think Zager and Evans would be proud in the year 2525, we're going to have our million signatures. Of course, most of the people would be dead by then, but nevertheless. Right? right. Boy, there must have been some good crap came in over the weekend. You didn't tell me about that. No, I didn't get any. Because these people are really wired today. Here's one that says, a suggestion for the pull from Hugh. Oh, I see. Do 100%. Squeaky clean dating show for gays, lesbians, and transsexuals. The religious wackos would drive off a bridge. Or maybe I'll wind up in Tennessee. Which is a good place for them. 5670560. Oh, we will play the audio from the Richard Clark interview on 60 Minutes last night, the entirety. Both segments. Do you notice they did both two segments? I know, that was a big, big thing. It was a big thing and I got the whole, uh, I got the whole thing. High-value target may have been in the area. <laughs> I'm just watching CNN. Oh, how, did they catch you that uh, I'm in the Pyman Al-Zawahiri yet? No. No. Boy, this is, a, and now they're showing all the tunnels and the escape routes of these long tunnels. 
if you ask me, I don't think it was there in the first place. It was a oh, good diversion, though. That? It was a really good diversion from after those horrendous things that happened, like that hotel being cratered in uh, Baghdad the day before. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, oh, we got Iman the Pieman. We got him surrounded there. We got him. Well, did we get him? No. No. Then they floated a rumor that, well, he may be dead. They're doing DNA, DNA tests to see if this body they found was him. Was it him? No. No. WQAM, hello. Hey, how you doing today? QAM. Hello? Yes, sir. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I saw the 15-minute uh, thing with Richard Clark last night. Pretty amazing. This guy's got some balls. Yep. And um, also, uh, I just wanted to know that I'm a... I don't think you can say that anymore, sir. Oh, sorry. He's got a peer. Um, exactly. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm a 33-year-old male. I've never voted before in my life. This year I got registered. I'm ready to rock. and I get Bush out of office? All right. And uh, I voted on the FCC, stopthefcc.com, but I never got the little email, so I'm not sure if it went through or not. Now, they, they went through. Sometimes you don't get it, and it's a technical thing, which uh, we talked about last week. But uh, if you signed on there, it went through. Awesome. We'll get them out of office this year, baby. Thanks a lot, Pally. Good job. All right. How do you like that? In fact, there's an article. Did I print it out or not on our website about the uh, Cuban vote? I guess they were talking about it. Huh? But, yeah, they uh, they were touching on that on the news, too, how they were a little disenchanted. Pretty disenchanted with the Bushmeister who promised he's going to do this, going to do that. Instead, in fact, a lot of people are figuring if he invaded Iraq and spent $100 billion, how much less would it have cost to invade Cuba and get rid of, uh, say, to hell with Fidel, which he promised all kinds of crap and, of course, as usual, uh, left them hanging. Could have done that cheap. When Rupert Murdoch calls, this is a great column, the online beat by John Nichols in The Nation. He says, last Friday, the Bush administration was busy pumping up hopes that the war on terrorism was about to yield a victory. The capture along the border between Pakistan and Afghanistan of the reputed number two men in Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda network. As it turned out, Dr. al-Zawahiri was probably not among the militants holed up in the heavily fortified compounds that were assaulted by Pakistani troops and their U.S. advisors. But by most measures, the prospective capture of what administration aides described as a high target value was treated as a very big deal by the Bush White House. At the same time, administration aides were busy trying to hold together the coalition of the sort of willing that was cobbled together to support the invasion of Iraq. With Spain's new prime minister declaring the occupation a disaster and threatening to withdraw that country's troops from Iraq, and with Poland's president telling European reporters that his country was misled about the nature of the threat posed by Iraq, the administration has its hands full. Surely, National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice, a key player on all the fronts that were in play, had a very long list of responsibilities. No time for diversions on Friday, right? Wrong. Rice took time out in the middle of the day to address a secretive gathering that included global media mogul Rupert Murdoch and top executives from TV networks, newspapers, and other media properties owned by Murdoch's News Corp conglomerate. Rice spoke at some length via satellite to Murdoch and his cronies who had gathered at the posh Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Cancun, Mexico, according to reports published in the British press. The Guardian newspaper, which sent a reporter to Cancun, revealed that Rice was asked to address the group by executives of the Murdoch-controlled Fox Broadcast and Cable Networks in the U.S. The Fox family includes, of course, the Fox News Cable Channel, which The Guardian correctly describes as hugely supportive of President George Bush. Although she's not there in person, the presence of Ms. Rice underlines the importance of Rupert Murdoch's news operations to the Bush administration, which may face growing criticism that it led the country into war on false pretenses ahead of November's presidential election, The Guardian account of the Cancun gathering explained. 
In addition to Fox, Murdoch controls the Bush-friendly Weekly Standard magazine and New York Post newspaper, as well as 35 local TV stations and the 20th Century Fox movie studio. Thanks to Bush administration appointees to the FCC, Murdoch's reach is rapidly expanding in the U.S. In December, the FCC approved News Corp's $6.6 billion takeover of DirecTV, the country's leading satellite TV firm. That decision made Murdoch the only media executive with satellite cable and broadcast assets in the U.S. In other words, Rupert Murdoch is a very powerful player in the media, and because of his willingness to turn his properties into mouthpieces for the administration and the politics of the United States. So it should probably not come as any surprise that like the politicians in any number of countries where Murdoch has come to dominate the discourse, Bush administration officials answer Rupert's call even when they're supposedly preoccupied with national security concerns. Rice's willingness to brief Fox executives is especially intriguing in light of the fact that she continues to refuse to brief the bipartisan panel that's investigating the 9-11 terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the U.S., uh, is expected to hear this week from CIA Director George Tenet, Secretary of State Colin Powell, and his predecessor Madeleine Albright, Defense Secretary Rumsfeld and his predecessor William Cohen, and President Bill Clinton's National Security Advisor Sandy Berger, but Rice has rejected invitations to testify in public. So it seems that when the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the U.S. calls, the Bush administration's national security is not available, but when Rupert Murdoch calls, well, how could Condoleezza Rice refuse? That's Dr. Rice to you. John Nichols and the nation. Yep, she is really uh, whatever we said she was in that song and then a hell of a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Kiss my drift. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? 1113 at 560 QAM. Live, live and local. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Nineteen at five sixty. WQM Mad Dog at two. Humper is uh, another tough assignment this week. 
Hank at the Wyndham Nassau Crystal Palace in the Bahamas, four to seven, the uh, Hebrew Hammer. <clears throat> the big O is seven to, uh, or eight to ten after Hurricane Hotline. Indy K at ten and Sporting News Radio overnight. Sporting News Radio overnight. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, how embarrassing. Anything new on uh, Joe and Mark? No, no. Any going to respond to that? No. no. I think it's a cost-cutting move. But even if you assume that it's not a cost-cutting move and it's uh, for real, well, that's another pretty sad commentary. Six in ten Cuban-American voters say they likely will cast ballots for President Bush in November, a substantial drop from the support he received in 2000. Possibly reflecting tensions between exiles and a White House that some in the community feel has fallen short of its tough anti-Fidel Castro rhetoric. Bush is estimated to have garnered about 80% of the Cuban-American vote in 2000, thanks in large part to anger over the Clinton administration's return of Elian Gonzalez to Cuba. Poor little Elianito. You think he's getting his happy meal today or what? Unhappy meal. Oh. But in a recent poll of Cuban-Americans in Dade and Broward counties, only 58.4% of registered voters said they definitely or probably would vote for Bush in November. About a quarter said they were undecided, with the rest saying they probably would not or definitely would not vote to re-elect the president. Wow. So I guess those there is no alien to kick around anymore, said Guillermo Grenier, a sociologist at FIU, and the author of the poll, which has been done seven times since 91. A Bush campaign spokesman said the president plans to come on strong among Cuban-Americans and said the White House's record would contrast favorably with the Cuba record of the Democratic presidential nominee, Massachusetts Senator John Kerry. <laughs> so there you go. And it's, this goes on forever. It's on our website. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. Here's a fact that says, a word about Phil Henry, sellout. Are you sure... I was watching a panel on C-SPAN dealing with politics and comedians, and there he was carrying the water for the Bushies. He had the audacity to say he was a liberal, but believed the Bush administration was correct in their foreign policy, among other things. Afterwards, someone in the audience asked him about the Bushmaster's policy on an amendment against gay marriage and what he thought of it. Phil, without missing a beat, said that Bush wasn't against it himself, but was only appeasing the right wing of his party. But, if you say so, Phil, then he went on to say that Kerry didn't have a chance in November because he said G.I.'s in Nam had committed atrocities, etc., there were over a half a dozen people on the panel, and Phil managed to monopolize almost all of the responses. Is the RNC paying him by the word? By the way, Henry definitely belongs in the radio medium, ugly and overweight. He's become a giant on the uh, uh, broadcast industry. 300 pounds. Can you believe that? I saw it. Did you see it? Remember that Radio Inc. thing where he was like twice the size when we last saw him? Wow. Somebody stuck a bicycle pump inside Phil. I can't, I can't say where. Wrecked him. Here's Phil says, I've been another Phil. I've been driving around with stopfcc.com painted on the rear window of my car. I urge everyone else to do the same. I didn't get a chance to, what? To something for, to, to vote for overrated places on Friday. Sloppy Joe's in Key West and Mardi Gras, aka the Puke Festival, says Phil in Mudgate. Okay, thanks, Phil. 5670560, we're going over 67,000 signatures on stopfcc.com. Why do I keep saying we? Uh, Scott. Who started the thing? That's we. It's us against them. Let me take a look. 67,078. And uh, let's see. Thanks to Marion in Orlando. Where the hell did she get it? And Michael in uh, Deerfield Beach. Maybe there's other people in Florida who are talking about this because I sure can't take credit for the entire state. But we're catching up to California, man. 
When this thing started last week, we were like about sixth or seventh place. We passed Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York like they were standing still. In fact, we're almost 4,000 signatures ahead of New York State. That's pretty embarrassing. If I'm a big shot in the air in New York State and I can't get more than 4,800 signatures on there, I feel like I'm, uh, I don't know, not getting the job done. New York State's got 4,837. Florida, 8,611. California, 10,166. And Texas, 11,905. So Florida's only, let's see, 14, about 1,500 behind. We were thousands behind California last week. Thousands. Not that it's a contest, but just as an extra, like, motivating factor, like I keep telling you, to try to get uh, people off their ass. I mean, how many seconds could it possibly take to log on to stopfcc.com and sign that petition? About 30, man. That's all. WQAM, hello. Am I being monitored? WQAM, hello. Hey, Needle. Yes, sir. It's funny you should mention the... Uh... Trump situation. Now, I heard George is trying to uh, patent the words you're gay. Oh, wow. Like I told you, the stuff came in over the weekend. WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. The stopfcc.com uh, thing, uh, what I've been doing with it is I've been attaching it to the signature line of my emails. So every email that goes out has that, my business Good plan. website, stuff like Excellent that. Excellent idea. That Outstanding. And then another thing, Sheik Ahmad Yassin, uh, he put, his people put me in the hospital for nine months back in 1988. Whose people? Hamas. Yeah. And his orders. Basically, I was the only one in my neighborhood doing a little Jewish dance today. I was in the Israeli Defense Forces back then. And well, I, I hate to break the news chief. to you. On a personal level, I'm sure you're delighted. But the fact of the matter is this, uh, th this is opening up a can of worms. Uh, it's going to be grotesque and brutal, and a lot of innocent people are going to die. But if you take a look at it, all the other leaders of the little terrorist groups that Arafat has never been able to control, that, you know, they all say, screw you, Yaffer, if I can say that, maybe I should beep it. But uh, he's looking, and they're looking today like, boy, they're going to get me too if I don't straighten my act up. Yeah, well, I think by the, end, no by the end of the week, you're going to see Sharon's head on a plate. That's my prediction. Well, Neil. Yassin was the only one that said if uh, the idea, if Israel pulls out of Gaza, he was going to continue his attacks. He stated it over and over again that they said, mm -hmm. if you pull out of Gaza, we're still coming after you. That was Yassin's own words. So they had to take him out. Sorry. Okay, good luck to you, Pally. Same to you. They had to take him out. <laughs> it's always worked before. Every time they killed him. Yeah. Hey, it was worth it. Sure. Just like the war in Iraq, it was worth it. Just like all of this bloodshed and insanity that's going on, it was worth it. But anyway, this guy's got a personal ass to grind. I understand. 27 past 11. Did I say personal ass? Can't say that no more. No. Uh-oh. You can have your personal ass, but you can't talk about it. Spring into savings right now like never before on a great new car truck from Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. You'll find them on US 1, 20 minutes south of the 836. And Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive no matter where you're hanging out because they're going to save you a whole lot, thousands on great new Toyotas. Check out these great leases. An 04 Camry or 4Runner, just 269 a month for 48 months. How about an 04 Highlander, just 309 a month? Need a truck? How about this? An 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in the U.S. of A, just 179 a month for 48 months. These are just some of the savings going on now at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. And now with the toll increases on those using cash on the turnpike, Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead will give you a free sun pass when you buy your new car or truck from them. 
General Manager David Rich and his staff will do just about anything under the sun to put you in a great new Toyota today. So experience the Armstrong Toyota Homestead difference. They're locally owned and operated, and they're committed to 100% customer satisfaction, too. Their service department is even open late uh, to late weeknights to make sure they get your service work done and done right, too. Easy to get there. They're at US 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead, just 20 easy minutes south of the 836. So stop wasting your time at those mega dealers or car giants who always over-promise and under-deliver and then get you to their dealership under a phony pretense. Do the smart thing. Call David Rich. He's the GM at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. Call him at 305-242-3247. 305-242-3247. Drive a little and save a ton on that great new Toyota at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. This week on NBC. You're good. The Friends episode's too hot for television. You really thinking of having sex with your brother? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Are you crazy? Magic is about to happen. We're going to see each other naked. Get off your sister. <gasps> My God. Oh, oh. Friends, too hot for television. No one is hotter than we are. One thing led to another, and oh, before you know it, we, we were kissing. Obviously lost his mind. Well, this is what happens when people live on the edge. Not advised for underage viewers or anyone who uses Friends characters to name their child, pet, car, adult toy, or genital. 132 at 560 WQM. We got a zillion votes on that poll today. You believe it? A, a gajillion. 573, with all the FCC crap going on, uh, Neil should just keep ripping Bush and ass, 368-88. Keep going as best you can, 118. Retire. Look how many voted for retire. About 30, man. Do a sports show, 13. Go back to all bedtime stories, 10. Do a hockey show, 10. And play music, 4. Yeah, we got to do a hockey show. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Your close personal friend, Rimmer, man. I hope that when you guys sit down and have that lunch <laughs> that he's going to buy for you. I hope that, uh, oh, brother. He'll be sitting here during my vacation. You give him a what for about all those hockey shows that nearly put me off the air? Daryl Silver does have a habit of getting hot like that, Bob. I know earlier in the year he had back-to-back -back hat tricks on a coast, uh, west coast trip, Los Angeles and uh, Vancouver. So when he gets hot, they sure uh, go in for him. Remember, of course, last year or a couple of years ago. The... <laughs> oh, man. Talk about coma-inducing. Get that crap off of there right now. Iraq war wasn't justified. You went west. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play that audio in the noon hour. You want to know why? Why? Because a lot of people, well, a lot of people are off during their lunch hour. Correct. So they'll be able to listen in their car, on their pop-up toaster, on their uh, uh, Flash Gordon wristwatch, whatever. Don't you think that's a good idea? Excellent idea. The United Nations' top two weapons experts said yesterday that the invasion of Iraq a year ago was not justified. Oh, by the way, before I read this, Miss Fudge is hyperventilating on her website about, oh, 60 Minutes owns a part of the publishing company that published that Richard Clark book, and they didn't reveal they got an interest in it. Well, what does that have to do with the content? Anything? No. No. How would you feel? I mean, he must be—he must be really getting well taken care of. You know what mm -hmm. I mean in every respect. Right. How would you feel if every single word that came out of your mouth was put in there by somebody else, like Miss Fudge? In his case, I'd feel rich. Isn't that the ultimate whore? Right. I mean, it's just pathetic. Every time the right wingers have got some crap that they want to plant, there it is on the Fudge report, and there's Miss Fudge on the air Sunday nights in all 50 states, spewing her right wing crap. Self-hating faggot. Man. Tragic. Didn't learn anything from David Brock. 
Anyway, the U.S. top two weapons experts said yesterday the invasion of Iraq a year ago was not justified by the evidence in hand at the time. I think it's clear that in March, when the invasion took place, the evidence that had been brought forward was rapidly falling apart, said Hans Blix, who oversaw the agency's investigation into whether Iraq had chemical and biological weapons. That's what he told Late Edition with Wolf Blitzkrieg on CNN yesterday. Blitz described the evidence Secretary of State Colin Powell presented to the U.N. to the Security Council in February 2003 as shaky, and he said he related his opinion to U.S. officials, including National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice. That's Dr. Rice to us. I think they chose to ignore us, Blix said. Mohammed Al-Baradai, Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency, spoke to CNN from IAEA headquarters in Vienna, Austria. Al-Baradai said he had been pretty convinced that Iraq had not resumed its nuclear weapons program, which the IAEA dismantled in 97. Days before the fighting began, Vice President Cheney... What's his first name? Don't say it. I won't. Vice President Cheney weighed in with an opposing view. We believe Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein has, in fact, reconstituted nuclear weapons. I think Mr. Al-Baradai, frankly, is wrong, Cheney said. And I think if you look at the track record of the IAEA in this kind of issue, especially where Iraq is concerned, they've consistently underestimated or missed what Saddam was doing. Now, more than a year later, Al-Baradai said, I haven't seen anything on the ground at the time that supported Mr. Cheney's conclusion or statement. So, and I thought to myself, well, history is going to be the judge. And, of course, the story goes on to say, as we all know, no evidence of nuclear weapons program has been found so far. None, zero, nada, niente, nit, none. Just mention that in passing. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. WQAM, hello. Hola. Well, I tell you, this phone response we're getting today, man, is really something. And yeah, I can see that this audience is whipped up into a frenzy about all the stuff that's going on. Man, WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How's it going, sir? Okay. Listen, um, I just a little observation I made this weekend. I was sitting down watching cartoons with my son this weekend on uh, Channel 7. Uh-huh. And I noticed that recently that they gave you the FCC pass that you couldn't play any smart noises or any flashing or anything like that, right? Yeah. Because of the kids and they want to protect the kids and all that. On the TV, they had a couple of characters that their main powers was farting. And it showed the farting coming out and all these things. And I'm like, isn't this the same thing they banned? The radio people from playing little fart noise burping. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you watch uh, Saturday morning cartoon. They're burping. They're farting. They're doing all these things. I'm like, I don't get it. You watching it's that wrestling show again? Huh? You watching that wrestling show again? Yes. There you go. Okay. That's it. The the ultimate muscle show. The guy okay. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the bad news, Pally, and close up that Rectum. quick before the FCC smells it. Five six seven oh five sixty. I don't know. I, I should probably just play that thing over and over again because the calls today have been. Uh, we we've been doing too well for too long. You know what? We've been rolling it and smoking it for too long. That retard, by the way, we uh, we will uh, get uh, involved on his ass again. It, you know, like I said, it was humorous the first forty or fifty, sixty times, but now he's starting to just overdo it a little yeah. bit. You know what I'm saying? I save the police report. Good. Save everything. WQAM. Hello. Not there. QAM, hello. I've never been pissed off about uh, anything more in my life, but let me Good. tell you what I'm trying to do. Go ahead. I also have a sign in the back of my truck driving around. If it gets people to pay attention, you know, maybe they'll just want to check it out when they get home or whatever uh -huh. to stop FCC. Well, on the American Idol 
website, uh, board, message boards. Uh-huh. They have a little part where you can go off topic and talk about whatever you want. And some lady put a stand up for Stern message on there and, um, about the FCC and the Stern channel and all. That one's still on there. I put a message on there with the link. But when I tried to start my own message board, in fact, it even got one reply from somebody who agreed with me, but right. then it's gone. It's gone after, like, uh, two minutes. Well, you know, there's one thing, one thing I'm dis- discovering, because this weekend I spent tons of time looking at just every kind of website under the sun that might in any way, re- you know, have to do with this. Mm-hmm. And the stern people are just like him. Every, everything in the world is, revolves around him. He's the sun. All the rest of us are the, uh, you know, the planets and we revolve around Howard. So if it doesn't have to do with him and the fact that he's making a martyr of him, out of himself, uh, then it's not worth talking about. Yeah, they even had a bit on NPR this morning on Morning Edition about, uh, that he actually said, they had a clip of his show and that he actually said, oh, it's not all about me. <laughs> I just wanted to laugh. Well, it's about, it's about time, though. At least he said it. It's about time he finally got the message. But I think the people in New York are not getting involved in this Stop FCC thing because they still get to listen to him. You know, they're not suffering from it. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're missing one point, though. He's been bellyaching on the air for the last two or three weeks that he's about to get canned altogether and that Infinity's going to have to take him off the air. So you'd think they would be the first ones that would be on there. But he's just not promoting well. it. He's got, a li- he's got a link to it on his websites. But, I mean, we could have a link to it also, which we do. But unless I talked about it, we wouldn't get any response. Exactly. Well, I, I will contribute to your campaign as soon as you get it up and running. I'm militant about this. I don't I think you, I don't think, I don't think you can say get it up. <laughs> okay. As soon as we get it running, we'll let you know. Alright, thanks Neil. Thanks a lot, bye bye. Fight the good fight. We're doing it. We're trying it. Even though the people out there, just like that. How are we doing on that uh, stopfcc.com? I, I said last, you know, I went nuts for a couple of days, then I said, well, I'm gonna be a lot more mellow. I'm not gonna keep banging away on this because it's ponderous, it gets boring. But uh, we don't have the option anymore because every day we're being told new things. That we, well, I'm not going to say we're being told. I keep asking, and then we find out, oh, you can't say that no more. You can't say, oh, sure, can't say that no more. Who, whoever heard of such a thing, and in addition to which, whoever heard of a public so compliant to roll over and play dead like the American people? This is what just amazes me. Oh, freedom of speech? What the hell's that? My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Victoria Clinton arrived three weeks early on February 27, 1980, at 11:24 p.m. While I was recovering, Bill would put his foot on my throat, yank me by my hair, and say, "Woman, don't spoil her." I said, "Okay." Chelsea was sold by her opium-addicted father when she was eight years old. Chelsea looked at him and said bad things about her daddy. That sealed the decision for Bill. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But even more frightening, at the age of 15, Chelsea had come back to haunt us. She escaped and returned home, only to be sold again to a whorehouse. Who would want to do that to kids who had never done anything to them? Me, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Chelsea said, come on, Mom, don't do it. Oh, yeah, right, I said. Looking like a dazed boxer who had just been pummeled in the ring, she leaned toward me and whispered in my ear, you bitch. (laughs) Can we say that anymore? No. You bitch. 
I think that's coarse language, don't you? Sure is. Of course. It's 11.46, 14 till noon at 5.60 QM. Your confused station. We don't know whether to read a banana. Arabs vow to avenge Israel's killing of Yassin. Anti-Israel demonstrations erupted in the Middle East today after Israel's killing of the spiritual leader of Hamas and hopes for recent Arab moves to reinvigorate the region's peace process were dimmed by shots for revenge. Aren't you surprised that those hopes for that roadmap and the peace process are dimmed? Yeah. Oh. Arab rage over the death of Hamas founder Ahmed Yassin, killed by an Israeli helicopter uh, copter gunship at daybreak as he left a mosque near his Gaza Strip home in his wheelchair, reverberated across the Middle East. Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak, who had been using his influence to press ahead with peace efforts, called it cowardly. Asked about what its likely impact will be on the peace process, Mubarak replied, What peace process when the situation is on fire? There you go. Like I said to that guy that was trying to rationalize and justify because he's got a personal ass to grind. Gonna be a lot more innocent people die, kids, you name it. It's worth it. Because you're dealing with crazy people over there, and uh, when is it gonna? Is it ever gonna stop? No. I've told you that for years. As long as I've been on the air, it'll never stop. Oh, we got the we got this peace process and this peace treaty and this roadmap. When they start talking about the roadmap, I don't know whether to or eat a banana. Five six seven oh five sixty. We got eighty six hundred and some odd signatures. Eighty six fifty eight from Florida. We're in third place behind Texas and California. StopFCC.com, including Brian in Orlando. Thanks, Brian. 67,216 signatures. We need a million. We need a million. Okay. I'm telling you right now, we can do it. Yes, we can. And if we don't get to 9,000 by the end of the show today from Florida, that's it. I'm packing it in. That's only 342 more we need to go to get to 9,000. If we can't do that by 2 o'clock, what's the use? What's the point, right? Money. We're closing in on California, even though, like I said, it's not a contest. But let's get some of you people off your ass while we can still say ass on the air. StopFCC.com. Instead of just being lazy and sitting back and letting everybody else do it. Because even though we've, you know, we've had a pretty good response thanks to uh, us the last week, but it's not, it's not even a shadow of what it ought to be. A fraction WQAM, hello. Yeah, hi. I want to uh, register my complaint. About? Uh, the FCC, FCC. Go right ahead. Uh, I have a major complaint about it. Uh, I agree with Neil. It's the first time I've ever called this him. Is, this is Neil. You're on right now. Oh, Neil, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. <laughs> it's a pleasure to speak to you. We'd like to uh, catch you off guard. Say again? I said we'd like to catch you off guard. No, you did. Um, and that's not, <laughs> that's not too easy with me. Um, well done. I'm 100% behind you. And I think that uh, our good fortune with this is that uh, our illustrious president has driven the last nail with this. He's a real jerk. Amen. And I thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure listening to you. Thanks a lot, pal. Have a great day. Yeah, I, I think that after watching that Richard uh, Clark thing last night on 60 Minutes or when we play it in the next hour, Anybody who watches and listens to that, and then the Paul O'Neill comments and all of the other stuff that we're getting, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's very easy to deflect what one person says and say, oh, it's sour grapes, or this one has a vested interest, or it's uh, whatever. But when there's this mountain of evidence out there that these people already had planned the Iraq business before 9-11, 
And, and this line from Rumsfeld about, you know, we don't want to go to Afghanistan because there aren't any good targets there. Iraq has lots of good targets. And he says, I thought he was joking when he said that. He said, you really mean that? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good targets in Iraq. And I, I, I hate to say this, but I'll say it anyway. It makes me really, really revisit in my mind the whole business of 9-11. Yeah. And all of those Saudis who were allowed to depart on a plane while everybody mm -hmm. else was grounded. And the picture of the, uh, El Presidente holding hands with Prince Bondar as they strolled around the White House two days afterward. What were they talking about, I wonder? Money. Business. Yeah. Bush business. Bin Laden business. Bush Saudi business. Oily business. Yeah, the oily bird. That should be big in Florida. The oily bird catches the worms. I wouldn't put anything past these people, and I'll tell you what else. I wouldn't put anything past them to get reelected. Anything under the sun. No matter what it is. Right. Whatever it takes, they'll do it. WQAM, hello. Hey, Dale. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I was going to give you um, a last night as well. And, you know, I was just going to say the same thing you just said. Nobody, nobody can see what a cover-up this is. If nobody can realize this, I mean, it's, it's these, they're not even as clever as Nixon's boys to cover everything up. Right. That's right. I mean, not even as clever. I mean, there's no Woodward and Bernstein. You don't even need it. It's right out there, and, and so everybody can see it. What's happening in Iraq these, this last year is like a human sacrifice. Oh, for sure. And another thing, the, the, uh, the Middle East problem. The problem with the Middle East, you get two senile old boats running that, Going over there, and uh, they're, they're psychotic, both of them. That's the problem. Well, that, that may be the problem right now, but it's been the problem for 5,000 years, and it's never going to change. It's that good old-time religion, baby. It's the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians throwing their one or two cents every once in a while, too, once we get a good movie come out. Just ask Mel, he'll tell you. Hopeless, hopeless situation. Religious crazy people. Sorry to be redundant. I started to say before, anybody who votes for George W. Bush after seeing all of this crap come out, after watching that last night, you, you, you have to be a crazy person. You must be out of your mind. You have to be a lunatic. If we had a Democratic Congress, which we don't, and even as spineless as they are, but if we did have, impeachment proceedings would be going on right now. I believe that. Mm -hmm. But we don't, and they haven't got a Chinaman chance in hell, so what's the point? With all the FCC crap going on, Neil should just keep ripping Bush an ass. 458. Two-thirds say that. 67.1 percent. Two-thirds. You turd. Keep going as best you can. 140. Retire. 39. Oh, look at that. It's up to 5.7 percent. Retire. Do a sports show, 16. Go back to all bedtime stories, only 12. They hated that, George. In fact, do a hockey show has got 11, almost as many as the bedtime stories, and play music, 6 out of 682 votes. Did he just say 682 votes in an hour and a half? Yeah. That's what he just said. Wow. There's another reason for that smiley face. For the third straight year, Walmart stores tops the 50th annual Fortune 500 ranking of the nation's largest companies and is certainly at the top of our list of companies that we hate, that we despise. Walmart, the Bentonville, Arkansas-based discount retailer, is one of only three companies ever to top the prestigious list, which was announced yesterday by Fortune magazine. The other companies are ExxonMobil. <laughs> what a shock! Oh, by the way, thanks, Mr. President, for those low gas prices. ExxonMobil, which rose a spot to second place, and General Motors, which slipped a notch to third.
Rounding out the top ten companies are Ford Motor, GE, Chevron Texaco. Did he say Chevron Texaco? Oop. Citicorp, IBM, and American International Group. I don't know whether I can belch on the ear anymore, you know? Today. Isn't that coarse? Isn't that like a coarse sound? And isn't that excretory activity? Can we even say coarse? I mean, if we can't if we can't play the farting sounds anymore, we certainly <laughs> belching sounds. Aren't you expelling right. gas just from a different orifice? You see, the idea that we sit back and we take all of this crap. Now, Infinity are the only people with the resources and the balls to fight it. They've been fighting it for years to keep Stern on here because he's their cash cow. But the rest of the people just roll over Beethoven, roll over, roll over. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, whatever you say. Yes, sir. Did he say that? Yes, you did. Yes, sir. And I'm going to say it again. The idea that this station, which Greg has been desperately trying to destroy for the last two years and doing a pretty good job of it, that we put Pharrell on the air for our two hours, even though many of you enjoyed him. But nevertheless, the idea that we did that at a time when it was obvious to all of us that the climate was changing, <laughs> to put it loosely, uh, was an act of madness, if you ask me. Remember how we discussed that? And I would say to you, how come? Why have they decided to do this now? Yeah. Have they lost touch with reality? Yes. Are they out of their mind? Yes. Is Greg a loose cannon? Yes. Is he, like, irresponsible? Yes. And goofy as all hell? Live and local. This is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. This is Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. Okay, it's 12 noon at QAM. Now, let's, uh, this is going to be a difficult hour because we're going to, like, have to, uh, we'll get all the breaks in. Don't, don't panic, okay? Okay. But I want to play the audio from 60 Minutes last night, Leslie Stahl and Richard Clark. Right now, a special presidential commission is investigating whether the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon on September 11, 2001, were preventable. There are a few people in a better position to answer that question than Richard Clark, the administration's former top advisor on counterterrorism who left the White House last year. Clark has helped shape U.S. policy on terrorism since the 1980s, when he got his first presidential appointment from Ronald Reagan. He went on to serve the first President Bush, then was President Clinton's terrorism czar, and was held over by President George W. Bush. In testimony before the 9-11 Commission later this week, and in a new book to be published tomorrow, Against All Enemies, Clark will tell the story of what happened behind the scenes at the White House before, during, and after September 11th. He does so first tonight on 60 Minutes. When the terrorists struck on the morning of 9-11, it was thought that the White House would be the next target, and the building was evacuated. It went from having hundreds of people in the White House complex, a hubbub of activity, to being totally abandoned. Richard Clark was one of only a handful of people who stayed behind. He ran the government's response to the attacks from the Situation Room in the West Wing. Well, I kept thinking of the words from Apocalypse Now, the whispered words of Marlon Brando when he thought about Vietnam. The horror. The horror. Because we knew what was going on in New York. We knew about the bodies flying out of the windows, people falling through the air. We knew that Osama bin Laden had succeeded in bringing horror to the streets of America. After the president returned to the White House on 9-11, he and his top advisors, including Clark, began holding meetings about how to respond and retaliate. 
As Clark writes in his book, he expected the administration to focus its military response on Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda, but was surprised that the talk quickly turned to another target. You relate a conversation you had with Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld. Well, Rumsfeld was saying that we needed to bomb Iraq, and, and we all said, but no, no, al-Qaeda is in Afghanistan. We need to bomb Afghanistan. And Rumsfeld said, there aren't any good targets in Afghanistan. And there are lots of good targets in Iraq. I said, well, there are lots of good targets in lots of places, but Iraq had nothing to do with it. You wrote, you thought he was joking. Well, initially, I thought when he said there aren't enough targets in, in Afghanistan, I thought he was joking. Now, what was your reaction to all this Iraq talk? What did you tell everybody? Well, what I said was, you know, invading Iraq or bombing Iraq after we're attacked by somebody else, uh, you know, it's akin to what if Franklin Roosevelt, after Pearl Harbor, instead of going to war with Japan, said, let's invade Mexico. You know, it's very analogous. Yeah, but didn't they think that there was a connection? No, I, I think they wanted to believe that there was a connection, but the CIA was sitting there, the FBI was sitting there, I was sitting there saying, we've looked at this issue for years, for years we've looked for a connection. And there's just no connection. And you told them that? Absolutely. You personally? I told them that. George Tennant told Who them. Who did them. you tell? I told that to the group, to the, to the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, the Attorney General. They all knew it. You talk about a conversation you personally had with the President. Yes. Uh, the President, we were in the Situation Room complex. The President dragged me into a, a room with a couple of other people, shut the door, and said, I want you to find whether Iraq did this. Now, he never said, make it up. But the entire conversation left me in absolutely no doubt that George Bush wanted me to come back with a report that said Iraq did this. Didn't you tell him that you looked and, and there'd been no connection? I said, I said, Mr. President, we've done this before. We've, we've been looking at this. We looked at it with an open mind. There's no connection. He came back at me and said, Iraq, Saddam, find out if there's a connection. And in a very intimidating way, I mean, that we should come back with that answer. We wrote a report. You, in other words, you did go back and look. We went back again and we looked. You did. And was it a serious look? Did you it was really? a serious look. We, we got together all the FBI experts, all the CIA experts. We wrote the report. We sent the report out to CIA and down to FBI and said, will you sign this report? They all cleared the report. And we sent it up to the president, and it got bounced by the national security advisor or deputy. It got bounced and sent back saying, wrong answer. Come on. Do it again. Wrong answer? Do it again. Did the president see it? I have no idea to this day if the president saw it, because after we did it again, it came to the same conclusion. And frankly, Leslie, I don't think the people around the president show him memos like that. I don't think he sees memos that he wouldn't like the answer. Clark was the president's top advisor on terrorism. And yet, it wasn't until 9-11 that he ever got to brief Mr. Bush on the subject. Clark says that prior to 9-11, this administration did not take the threat seriously. We had a terrorist organization that was going after us, Al-Qaeda. That should have been the first item on the agenda. And it was pushed back and back and back for months. You're about to testify publicly 
before a committee that wants to know if the Bush administration dropped the ball. What are you going to tell the committee when they ask you that? Well, there's a lot of blame to go around, and I probably deserve some blame, too. But on January 24th of 2001, I wrote a memo to Condoleezza Rice asking for, urgently, underlined, urgently, uh, a cabinet-level meeting to deal with the impending al-Qaeda attack. Uh, and that urgent memo uh, wasn't acted on. Do you blame her for, for not understanding the significance of terrorism? I blame the entire Bush leadership for continuing to work on Cold War issues when they came back in, in power in 2001. It was as though they were preserved in amber from when they left office eight years earlier. They came back, they wanted to work on the same issues right away. Iraq, Star Wars, not the new issues that the new threats that had developed over the preceding eight years. Clark finally got his meeting to brief about al-Qaeda in April, three months after his urgent request. But it wasn't with the president or the cabinet. It was with the number twos in each relevant department. For the Pentagon, it was Paul Wolfowitz. I began saying, we have to deal with bin Laden, we have to deal with al-Qaeda. Paul Wolfowitz, the Deputy Secretary of Defense, said, no, 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 we don't have to deal with al-Qaeda. Why are we talking about that little guy? We have to talk about Iraqi terrorism against the United States. And I said, Paul, there hasn't been any Iraqi terrorism against the United States in eight years. And I turned to the Deputy Director of CIA and said, isn't that right? And he said, yeah, that's right. There is no Iraqi terrorism against the United States. In eight years? In now eight explain years. that. He explained that there was no Iraqi terrorism against the U.S. after 1993 when Saddam Hussein attempted to assassinate the first President Bush while he was visiting Kuwait. We responded to that by blowing up Iraqi intelligence headquarters and by sending a very clear message through diplomatic channels to the Iraqis saying, if you do any terrorism against the United States again, it won't just be Iraqi intelligence headquarters, it'll be your whole government. It was a very chilling message, and apparently it worked because there's absolutely no evidence since that day of Iraqi terrorism directed against the United States until we invaded them. Now there's Iraqi terrorism against the United States. Was there any connection between Saddam Hussein and Al-Qaeda? Were they cooperating? No. Was Iraq supporting Al-Qaeda? No. There's absolutely no evidence that Iraq was supporting Al-Qaeda. You call certain people in the administration, and they'll say, that's still open. Yeah. That's an open issue. Well, they'll say that until hell freezes over. By June 2001, there still hadn't been a cabinet-level meeting on terrorism, even though the U.S. intelligence community was picking up an unprecedented level of ominous chatter. The CIA director warned the White House. George Tenet mm -hmm. was saying to the White House, saying to the president, because he briefed him every morning, mm -hmm. uh, a major al-Qaeda attack is going to happen against the United States somewhere in the world in the weeks and months ahead. He said that in June, July, August. The last time the CIA had picked up a similar level of intelligence chatter was back in December 1999, when Clark was the terrorism czar in the Clinton White House. Clark says President Clinton ordered his cabinet to go to battle stations, meaning they were on high alert, holding meetings nearly every day. 
That, Clark says, helped thwart a major attack on Los Angeles International Airport when this al-Qaeda operative was stopped at the border with Canada driving a car full of explosives. Clark harshly criticizes President Bush for not going to battle stations when the CIA warned him of a comparable threat in the months before 9-11. He never thought it was important enough for him to hold a meeting on the subject or for him to order his national security advisor to hold a cabinet-level meeting on the subject. Why would having a meeting make a difference? If you compare December 99 to June and July of 2001, in December 99, every day or every other day, the head of the FBI, the head of the CIA, the Attorney General had to go to the White House and sit in a meeting and report on all the things that they personally had done mm. to stop the Al-Qaeda attack. Mm. So they were going back every night to their departments and shaking the trees personally, finding out all the information. If that had happened in July of 2001, we might have found out in the White House, the Attorney General might have found out that there were Al-Qaeda operatives in the United States. FBI at lower levels knew, never told me, never told the highest levels in the FBI. The FBI and the CIA knew that these two Al-Qaeda operatives, both among the 9-11 hijackers, had been living in the United States since 2000. Yet neither agency passed that information up the chain of command or told Dick Clark as the White House terrorism coordinator. And here I am in the White House saying, something's about to happen. Tell me, you know, if, if a sparrow falls from the tree, I want to know if anything unusual is going on, because we're about to be hit. No the, one told you. The, no one told you. The FBI knows they're in the country. Oh. Leslie, if we had put their picture on the CBS Evening News, if we had put their picture on Dan Rather, on USA Today, we could have caught those guys. And then we might have been able to pull that thread and, and get more of the conspiracy. I'm not saying we could have stopped 9-11, but we could have at least had a chance. But as we all know, the Al-Qaeda sleeper cell was left free to plan the 9-11 attack while Dick Clark kept agitating for the high-level White House meeting he'd been seeking. You finally did get your cabinet-level meeting. Finally. When did that meeting take place? The cabinet meeting I asked for uh, right after the inauguration took place one week prior to 9-11. When Clark got his meeting on September 4th, he proposed a plan to bomb al-Qaeda sanctuaries in Afghanistan and to kill Osama bin Laden. It's the same plan he had tried to persuade the Clinton administration to adopt to no avail. When we come back, Clark's view of the president's actions after 9-11 and the White House view of Clark. When we come back. This is from 60 Minutes last night on CBS, Leslie Stahl, Richard Clark. Uh, this thing that you just faxed me, this is almost hysterical. Yeah. From Glenn Garvin at the Herald. Dear George, I'm the TV critic and de facto media writer over here at the Herald. I'm working on a story on how pressure from Congress and the FCC is affecting on-air personalities. In connection with that, I was hoping to sit in on a Neil Rogers broadcast. What do you think? Well, what, what's he going to get by sitting in on a broadcast? What, what does that tell him? Uh, I don't know. He'll get free lunch at, you know. <laughs> P.S. It says, my pal Ellie Brecker says, tell him the psychotic bitch says hello. And he says, I didn't know anyone called her that to her face. I think uh, the idea of sitting, I mean, talking to somebody about it, fine. But sitting in on the show? No. no. 
We got enough people to feed in there without feeding people from the Herald. Plus, we don't like the Herald anyway. Since they're not into free speech, since they got rid of Max Castro's column, since it wasn't right-wing enough for them, screw the Herald. Don't take it personal, Glenn, unless you want to. 1214 at 560 WQM. You want to know more about following a low-carb diet? You want the best-tasting, biggest selection of low-carb foods? Then head for Delights of West Boca. It's unbeatable. Whether you're starting or restarting the Atkins, the Sugar Busters, the South Beach, or any low-carb sugar-free diet, do it. Delights of West Boca has always been the number one low-carb store in the country, and for good reason, because they've got over 1,200 low-carb products to choose from, including breads and bagels, cookies and crackers, chips and brownies, chocolates, carbolite, ice cream, pasta, sauces, ketchup, cheesecakes, and so much more. And don't forget, if it's new and great tasting, Delights have it before anybody. They're open every day, seven days a week from 10 to 10. You can always try anything in the store before you buy it. And they got a friendly staff that knows dieting inside and out. And they carry the most complete line of Atkins Brands products. They're on sale today, a week from Shavuos, and every day. Delights of West Boca on the northeast corner of Glades and 441, right next to Boston Market. Call them toll-free, 1-877-LOW-CARB, L-O-W-C-A-R-B, or on the web, it's lowcarb.com. Don't forget, there's only one Delights of West Boca. It's your official Atkins Retail Center. <laughs> Sports Radio 560, QAM. He says that the Bush administration should have and could have taken out al-Qaeda and its training camps in Afghanistan long before the attacks of September 11th. He also says the fact that Osama bin Laden is still at large is another major failure made possible by what he calls the administration's sluggish response to 9-11. Clark's book, in effect, an indictment of the president's handling of the war on terrorism arrives just as Mr. Bush is beginning to hit the campaign trail in earnest. I'm George W. Bush, and I approve this message. The president's new campaign ads highlight his handling of 9-11. He's making it the centerpiece of his bid for re-election. You're writing this book in the middle of this campaign. The timing, I'm sure you will be questioned about and criticized for. Why are you doing it now? Well, I'm sure I'll be criticized for lots of things, and I'm sure they'll launch their dogs on me. But frankly, I find it outrageous that the president is running for re-election on the grounds that he, he's done such great things about terrorism. He ignored it. He ignored terrorism for months when maybe we could have done something to stop 9-11, maybe. We'll never know. Does a person who works in a White House owe the president his loyalty? Yes. Well, up, up this to... is not a loyal book. I'm sorry. No, no, I know. Uh, it's just up to a point. Up to a point. When the president starts doing things that risk American lives, then loyalty to him has to be put aside. And the way you he's... think he risked people's lives? I think the way he has responded to Al-Qaeda, both before 9-11 by doing nothing and by what he's done after 9-11, has made us less safe. Absolutely. And don't you think he handled himself and hit all the right notes after 9-11, showed strength, uh, got us through it? Uh, you don't give him credit for that? He gave a really good speech the week after 9-11. You don't give him credit for anything? Nothing. I think he's done a terrible job on the war against terrorism. That may be the most serious indictment yet of the administration's handling of terrorism 
since it comes from the president's own former terrorism advisor. It's not a surprise, then, that the number two man on the president's National Security Council, Stephen Hadley, vehemently disagrees with Clark. He says the president has taken the fight to the terrorists and is hardening the homeland. Dick Clark, he was the administration's top official on counterterrorism. How would you describe the job he did? Look, uh, Dick is uh, very dedicated, very knowledgeable about this issue. When uh, the president came into office, one of the decisions we made was to keep uh, Mr. Clark and his counterterrorism group intact, bring them into the new administration. Really, He says Clark did a good job, but is just dead wrong when he says the president didn't heed the warnings about al-Qaeda before the attacks on 9-11. The president heard those warnings. Uh, the president uh, got uh, met daily with his uh, chief of intelligence, the director of central intelligence, George Tenet, and his staff, and they kept him fully informed. And at one point, the president became somewhat impatient with us. He said, I'm tired of, of swatting flies. Where's my new strategy to eliminate al-Qaeda? Hadley says that contrary to Clark's assertion, the president didn't ignore the ominous intelligence chatter in the summer of 2001. All the chatter was at, of an attack, a potential al-Qaeda attack overseas. But interestingly enough, uh, the president got concerned about whether there was the possibility of an attack on the homeland. He asked the intelligence community, look hard, see if we're missing something about a threat to the homeland. And at that point, various alerts went out from the Federal Aviation Administration to the FBI mm -hmm. saying... The the, the intelligence suggests a threat overseas. We don't want to be caught unprepared. We don't want to rule out the possibility of a threat to the homeland. And therefore, preparatory steps need to be made. So the president put us on battle stations. Now, he's the top terrorism official in this administration at that point. He says you didn't go to battle stations. Well, I think that's just wrong. And the he also says Clark was wrong when he said the president pressured him to find a link between Iraq and 9-11. Uh, we cannot find evidence that this conversation between Mr. Clark and the president ever occurred. Now, can I interrupt you for one sec? We have done our own work on that, ourselves. And uh, we have two sources who tell us, independently of Dick Clark, uh, that there was this encounter. One of them was an actual witness. Look, the, I, I stand on what I said. Mm -hmm. But the point I think we're missing in this is, of course, the president wanted to know if there was any evidence linking Iraq to 9-11. So he's not denying the president asked for another review, nor is he denying that Clark wrote a memo stating once again that Iraq was not involved in 9-11. In fact, the White House showed us the memo, dated September 18th. As Clark said, it was bounced back. The notation reads... Please update and resubmit. And it was written by Stephen Hadley. I asked him to go back, not wrong answer, I asked him to go back and check it again a week or two later to make sure there was no new emerging evidence that Iraq was involved. That's what I was asking him to do. To Hadley says the whole issue about Iraq was moot by the time Clark submitted his memo, since the president, at a meeting with his war cabinet at Camp David, had already decided to focus the U.S. response to 9-11 on Afghanistan, which is what Clark had been recommending. But Clark says it was not moot because the administration wanted to make Iraq phase two of the response, no matter what happened in Afghanistan. 
you can't distinguish between al-Qaeda and Saddam when you talk about the war on terror. Clark contends that with statements like that, the president continually left an impression that Saddam had been involved in 9-11. The White House carefully manipulated public opinion, never quite lied, but gave the very strong impression that yeah, but Iraq you're suggesting did. here they knew better and they it was deliberate. Better. They did know better. They did know better. We told them, the CIA told them, the FBI told them, they did know better. And the tragedy here is that Americans went to their death in Iraq thinking that they were avenging September 11th when Iraq had nothing to do with September 11th. I think for a commander-in-chief and a vice president to allow that to happen is unconscionable. And he thinks the president to this day misinterprets the nature and the scope of the terrorist threat. He asked us after 9-11 to give him cards with pictures of the major al-Qaeda leaders uh, and tell us when they were arrested or killed so we could draw X's through their pictures. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I write in the book, I have this image of George Bush sitting by a warm fireplace in the White House drawing X's through al-Qaeda leaders and thinking that he's got most of them and therefore he's taking care of the problem. And while George Bush thinks he's crossing them out one by one, there are all these new al-Qaeda people who are being recruited who hate the United States in large measure because of what Bush has done. He says that the war in Iraq has not only inflamed anti-Americanism in the Arab world, it drained resources away from the fight in Afghanistan and the push to eliminate Osama bin Laden is not correct. Iraq, as the president has said, is at the center of war on terror. We have narrowed the ground available to al-Qaeda and to the terrorists. Their sanctuary in Afghanistan is gone. Their sanctuary in Iraq is gone. Saudi Arabia and Pakistan are now allies on the war on terror. So Iraq has contributed in that way to narrowing the sanctuaries available to terrorists. Don't you think that Iraq the Middle East and the world is better off with Saddam Hussein out of power? I, mean, I think It's just a widely held view that that's... Leslie, I, I, I think the world would be better off if a number of leaders around the world were out of power. The question is, what price should the United States pay? The price we paid was very, very high, and we're still paying that price what for do doing you mean? it. Osama bin Laden had been saying for years, America wants to invade an Arab country and occupy it, an oil-rich Arab country. He'd been saying this. This was part of his propaganda. So what did we do after 9-11? We invade an oil-rich and occupy an oil-rich Arab country, which was doing nothing to threaten us. In other words, we stepped right into bin Laden's propaganda. And the result of that is that al-Qaeda and organizations like it, offshoots of it, second-generation al-Qaeda, have been greatly strengthened. Exhibit A, he now says, is the attack on the passenger trains in Madrid. Dick Clark worked for Reagan, Bush 1, Clinton, and now here. Um, he has a track record. Why do you think a man with those credentials would be so completely critical of the way this administration has handled the war on terrorism? Well, I don't know. I have not read Dick's book. I don't know what he said about the prior administration, which, again, uh, was in office and dealing with this problem for eight years. We were in the office dealing with this problem for 230 days. The time when he left us, uh, the conversations I had with him was that uh, he was pleased that the leadership provided by the president. He did tell you he was pleased when he left? 
My, my belief was that he appreciated the leadership that the president had provided. But there's no hint of that in his book or in our interview. When Clark worked for President Clinton, he was known as the terrorism czar. When George Bush came into office, though he kept Clark on at the White House, he stripped him of his cabinet-level rank. They demoted you. Aren't you open to charges that this is all sour grapes because they demoted you and reduced your leverage, your power in the White House? No, frankly, if I had been so upset that the National Coordinator for Counterterrorism had been downgraded from a cabinet-level position to a staff-level position, if that had bothered me enough, I would have quit. I didn't quit. Not for another two years. He finally resigned last year after 30 years in government service. A senior White House official told us he thinks Clark's book is an audition for a job in the Kerry campaign. Are you working to defeat Bush and are you working to help Kerry get elected? No, I'm not working for Kerry. I'm an independent. I'm not working for the Kerry campaign. We're here at Harvard right now. You teach a course at the Kennedy School with Kerry's national security advisor, mm -hmm. Rand Beers. Mm -hmm. I have worked for Ronald Reagan. I have worked for George Bush the first. I have worked for George Bush the second. I'm not participating in this campaign, but I am putting facts out that I think people ought to know. Looking back on September 11th, the day itself, beside the attacks and the, and the horrible images of those planes hitting, what do you remember? I remember trying very hard to keep my emotions in check. I knew people in the Pentagon. I knew people in the World Trade Center. Uh, I assumed that friends of mine had died, and in fact, it turned out they had. Uh, I felt an enormous rage and anger against Al-Qaeda, but also a rage and anger against the U.S. government, that we hadn't been able to stop this. Well, I'll tell you something. Some of that rage is in this book. Well, it should be. Over the weekend, we got a note from the Pentagon saying any suggestion that the president did anything other than act aggressively, quickly, and effectively to address the Al-Qaeda and Taliban threat in Afghanistan is absurd. There's that ticking and uh, keeps on like it. Did you see the goddess on uh, CNN? No, I was, I was watching Jerry. Oh, shame on you. There she was looking uh, really butch. 1232 at 560 WQM. It's the last mortgage you'll ever need. The only one mortgage from Financial Group. The benefits are incredible. You pay zero closing costs, zero application fee, zero credit bureau fee, and zero discounted points. Get the new low interest rate of just 1.25%. If you have a $100,000 loan, your payments are just $334 a month. If you have a $200,000 loan, you pay just $668 a month. And don't forget, once you refinance or get a new home mortgage from Financial Group, you will never ever pay those ugly, nasty closing costs again. So call toll-free and get all the information about it. Call 1-866-395-LIN. Get the low-rate mortgage you deserve, then move to your next property with no further cost or expense. You pay zero underwriting fees, zero dock fees, zero closing costs, even when you move to another property. Get yourself that unbelievable, unbeatable low financing rate, just 1.25%, with the only one mortgage from Financial Group and never pay closing costs again. For details, call 1-866-395-LEND. That's 1-866-395-LEND. They're an equal housing lender. Restrictions apply. Rates subject to change monthly. 4.21 APR. Live and local. This is 
Sports Radio 560, QAM. Drugs. This is your brain being chopped to bits by a finely honed meat cleaver. This is your brain in a blender. And this is your brain being stirred into a big pot of chili. Mmm. Brains. Real food for real people. All right. Don't like all the harper. Don't, don't, don't. Every time I see. Don't, don't, don't. That retarded dim witch. Don't, don't, don't. On my TV. He's President Trump. Republican muscle and an articulate idiot. I don't know why they would want this guy, but now he's here. We're screwed the next four years with President Thumbs. Absolutely. Twenty-one to one at five sixty. Good bleeps in there, thank the Lord. Thank goodness for that, huh? Yeah, thank you. Eight hundred and forty-nine votes on the poll. By the way, we need let's see, two hundred and sixty-two more people to uh, sign a petition on uh, stopfcc.com by two o'clock, or we're going to be pissed off. That'll get us to a nice even nine thousand so far. Wouldn't that be good? We'll take it. So far. Well, with all the FCC crap going on, Neil should, we asked, 849 votes. Just keep uh, ripping Bush and ass, 571, which I think Richard Clark did a magnificent job of doing. Keep going as best you can, 168. Retire! Look at that, 54. It's up to 6.3%. In fact, you could watch that going up as I was playing the Leslie Stahl piece. I can't imagine though those people are like me to be off the air. Can you? Oh, no, I can't imagine. Do a sports show, 18. Do a hockey show, 17. Go back to all bedtime stories, 14. And play music, only 7. Damn it. Only 7. For play music. What's wrong with these people? Here's a fax from a chronic in Boku. who says, thanks for playing the 60 Minutes audio. Enjoyed the show. Uh, he says, thought you might be amused to know that up here in central Florida, QM is coming in fine, but is surrounded by right-wing Orlando stations at 540 and 580. We're surrounded. So while listening to Richard Clark calmly tell the truth, one can with just a touch of a finger tune the radio just down to rush. They're trying to rewrite history to save John Kerry or up to Neil Bush or Neil Bortz. The same company that owns CBS is publishing that book, Endless Loud Lies. Boy, Miss Fudge must have Neil Bortz worked up to a frenzy. Yeah, the goddess was on CNN there with that uh, right-wing Schwarzer, Armstrong Williams. 
What a contrast. Keep the truth coming. He says, go national as soon as you can. <laughs> oh, what a joker. Best to George. P.S. Found stopfcc.com several weeks ago through a mention on moveon.org. Groups like that with large memberships need to keep pushing on that, and you're right. All you people that are involved in moveon.org, you should uh, get them off the dime. We could have our million signatures in no time, couldn't we, if they would uh, really push this instead of just, you know, a little mention here or a link there. That's not good enough. you got to keep pushing it, man. Am I right or what? Lickety split, it could be done. Ah, uh, ah, uh, there he goes again. Jack, did you hear him say that on Friday? I heard it. Yeah. See, he's monitoring you now. You don't realize it. He's monitoring your uh, actions. I'll get you. 19 till 1, the Mad Dog at 2, the Humper from Wyndham, Nassau, Crystal Palace, 4 to 7 this afternoon. The Humper in the Bahamas, man. Yeah, man. And then Hurricane Hotline at 7, Orlando Alzagiri, the big oh. 8 to 10, who was embarrassingly a week with Mo this morning. What was he doing on there this morning? Sitting in for uh, Geldy. Eddie K at 10 and Sporting News Radio overnight. No, but why? What is he doing on there? Oh. I mean, Mo by himself is bad enough, but Mo and the big oh. Mo and O? Oh. oh, man. That's an Omo. Yeah, the Omo show. I've been telling you for years you ought to call Dollar Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. They back up everything they say in their advertising 100%, but their competitors still like to lie a lot. When you see a mattress ad making outrageous claims, please do yourself a favor and read that fine print. There are just tons of lies and BS out there. Here's an example. The ads scream half off, but this only applies to a limited selection of items that you'd never choose anyway. Everything else, of course, full price. And they probably double the regular price first anyway. And you'll probably never be able to make a fair exchange if you don't like it. But at Dollar Mattress, the ads have no tiny print and no disclaimers. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll see that the prices are so low, other stores have to offer half-off sales just to compete. Dollar Mattress has an over-risk 30-day comfort exchange policy on all beds, including yours. And don't forget, when you call Dollar Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS, you're getting company ranked number one in customer satisfaction. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers, Dollar Mattress reminds you to read the fine print because they want you to know what you're buying, even if you decide not to buy from them. So what you'll be waiting for, do what I've done for years now. When you need a new bed, make that one simple call. They'll be there knocking on your door in no time at all. Call 1-800-Mattress, uh, that's what I said, or log on to mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, the honest way, the smart way to get you a great new bed. Live, Live and local. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Tired of playing FCC fines for me. Feeling so censored. My show is now sterile. Don't know what you expect me to be. Put under arrest next, take me off my show. Shock jocks have got to go, that's the next got to go. Every word that I say is under the microscope. Don't know who's next to go, get in line or hit the road. Fight, become so bland. Radio everywhere. Become so bad, everything we hear. Becoming Howard Stern. Too promising for 9,000 or 87.57. We need 243 more signatures on there by 2 o'clock for um, 9,000 from Florida. 
Yeah. 243 uh, is all we ask between now and 2 o'clock. Another hour and 12 minutes. You think we can do it? No. Come on, let's get with it. What does it take? Like I said in that letter that they never published in the Sun Sentinel, what does it take to get people off their ass? You know, I was going to play the word police there, and it just dawned on me. We can't play it. No. Oh. So as limited as we were before the JICA article on Saturday, we're even a lot more limited now, right? Yeah. Sure. We can't say G damn, we can't say this, we can't say that. And there would be those goody two-shoes people who would say, well, you know, you don't need to use that kind of language anyway to do a radio show. Uh, and you know what it reminds me of? If you went to a theater to see, like, uh, the big new movie of the day, whatever it might be, and every every time they used a uh, four-letter word in the movie, instead of hearing the word, you hear like that. Right. Well, you know, they started censoring movies at the theater. People would say, what the hell is this all about? We were hearing those uh, words in movies 30, 40 years ago. Not no more. If you can't entertain people without that kind of language, if you can't entertain people like they're all a bunch of five or six-year-olds, then uh, you just ain't no entertainer. Lenny Bruce is rolling over in his grave at what, what's going on right now. And the public sits back as usual, like that. Can't get them off their ass. You know, Leslie Stahl, who just, like we said before, is so... What a weak choice to do that very, very important interview. The one line that just just blew me right off the chair. She says, do you think he really risked people's lives? <laughs> just like in The Godfather, who's being naive now, okay? Do you think he really risked people's lives? Well, here's one. An explosion in Baghdad near a U.S. patrol killed another American soldier and an Iraqi interpreter, the military said while a car bomb blew up near a U.S. Air Force base north of the capital Monday, killing two Iraqi civilians and wounding 25 others. The explosion in Baghdad wounded three U.S. soldiers beside the deaths. Do you think he really risked people's lives based no. on lies, based on uh, the fact that they already made up their mind to go in there? Well, there's no good targets in Afghanistan. There's lots of good targets in Iraq, so says Rummy. And we still have that picture of him shaking hands with his good buddy, buddy uh, Sodom back in uh, 83. That picture is still there on the website. Well, what does it take to get it across to the American public? They're, they're hopeless. Absolutely, positively hopeless. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Calls today uh, way off. Way uh, weak. Really weak. WQAM, hello. WQM, hello. Yeah, how you doing, Neil? Okay. I, I think um, CBS would have have a lot more credibility with that story if they had uh, disclosed that their parent company is. Uh, what what difference does that make? Well, I'm just saying. I, I like. I think it's going to be a great read, but I think they, it's self-serving that they're promoting it, and it's it's almost a conflict of interest. I don't think so. Okay, thanks, Neil. Okay. Parrot that uh, Miss Fudge line. It's conflict sure. of interest. Why? Because because you, you got to understand that when you got these gigantic companies that own right. publishing companies and broadcast companies, what does that have to do with it? Who doesn't own what? Right. Well, what the hell does that prove? This guy's just just parroting again the same thing, the same right wing garbage from Miss Fudge. This this is the response now. Let's smear CBS again because uh, they have a vested interest here. They're promoting a book. Forget about the book. Forget about what they're promoting. Uh, listen to what the guy said. So if he'd have gone on Dateline, this isn't some uh, some true. raving liberal went on it. This is a guy who worked under Reagan and Bush one and Clinton and Bush two. This isn't like uh, some some wild-eyed liberal came on here and made these charges. But don't confuse some of these people with the facts. 
And this, this is the way the right wing always operates. They've got all the hook words, the buzzwords, the catchphrases, you know. Just throw that stuff out there and inundate the public with it, and pretty soon they'll start to believe it. WQAM, hello. How you doing, Uncle Neil? Pretty good. That was uh, real interesting last night. It just every time they put somebody to rebut uh, the gentleman's name, I can't forget the Bush administration. They always do a real good Ralph Crandon imitation, a homina homina. And uh, CBS, I think, did a pretty good job with uh, getting back to him that uh, it was pretty much like his signature on those notes and certain things. And it just it just gets to the point that uh, no matter what you put out to Americans' faces, they're still not going to believe. They're still not going to listen. They're going to listen to what Rush says. We're rewriting history mm-hmm. with doing that. Right. And it just, you know, it, I don't know what to do, but it just, as long as you just keep on pushing along, then uh, maybe some people will listen. It's just, uh, where can you send money, or how are you guys going to do that with hooking up to uh, put money to get uh, this thing advertised? Well, we're working on it. All righty. And uh, you had mentioned something else before uh, about some uh, something. Somebody mentioned something about... Uh, you know, breast or something on uh, the show or whatever, you know, and uh, they just had something in Daytona where they just uh, busted another hotel because a girl lifted her top. Oh, it was with the girls gone wild, what the court had said, and mm-hmm. they're making money off of that. But it just depends, I guess, on what part of the country you are and uh, what they're going to allow to go on and what they're not going to allow. No, not anymore. Yeah, well, I guess like you said, it uh, almost four years ago, it's the start of Nazi Germany here. and uh, Okay, I good luck to you, Pally. I'll see you at the border. Okay. WQAM, hello. Not there in line one. QAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Can you cut me some flapjack? WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I voted at stopfcc.com. Thanks for, for putting out the word. And you keep telling everybody to get up off their ass. I can't believe you haven't gotten from the Godfather when Sonny's running out of the house and he gets whacked on the causeway. I can't believe you haven't gotten that drop. So you can uh, tell everybody the, the, good, the good news from Sonny. What's that? What, what what does that mean? I don't I don't get it. I was hoping you could explain it. Tell them the good news from Sonny. Uh, okay, five six seven oh five sixty. We need two hundred and thirty nine more signatures for nine thousand by two o'clock. That's just the number I picked out of the air, and I thought we could easily get that. In fact, probably we do a public service to stop taking the calls between now and two, and just let them get to their computers. Because I would say the level of the calls about 90% today on a scale of zero have been minus infinity. But that's okay. I mean, they're under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. In these trying economic times, I just wanted to let you know of a website called MiamiGasPrices.com. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it basically... Uh, has people on there registering and telling people where the lowest price gas is or the highest price in the last 72 to 84 hours. Right. I found it very useful. Um, also, my wife and I each went on F- uh, stopfcc.com and, and registered our vote. And I'm sorry to hear that uh, over 70% of your comedy bits are now unplayable. I would say 90% now. 90%. That's yeah. unbelievable. All right, I'll see you on the red planet, Neil. Okay, Pally. Bring the gas. Now, see, ordinarily, if I said bring the gas, I would, you know, there's right. something I would drop in there. We can't do that no more. It's sure. just, you just get in the habit of doing all of these things, like it's uh, like getting out of bed in the morning. Can't do it no more. All of these things. Right. Can't do this, and you can't say that. And based on what? Well, we just decided. We just made it up. 
Michael Powell was offended by that booby on TV. He never saw one before. He never looked in the mirror before, I guess. Just dazzling, the idea that they're always talking about, oh, America, the great and this and that, and all the freedoms we've got, and about the freedoms we're going to help in, uh, them have in Iraq. Let me say it again. I guess he's talking about the freedoms that we used to have here in America. My, my and local. Before they stole the this is Sports Radio 560. Q-A-Q-A-M. to two hour. Hi, Vey. Jumped in the taxi cab, I said, driver, Central Park. She looked at me so quizzically, I could tell she was in the dark. So I acted out my park charade, and with my arms, the trees I made. Nobody speaks English anymore. <laughs> I went down to Miami Beach where the weather is nice and sunny. I walked into a liquor store, but the guy there talks real funny. I asked him for a pint of whole Jim Beam. He says, no, Tienda. What does that mean? Nobody speaks English anymore. At the corner deli. Hell, I think I'm in Pakistan. Speak English, smelly. Or you can go back to Iran. <laughs> I came here many years ago. Learned my ABCs. I don't say muchas gracias, I say pretty please. So get yourself to a classroom quick, you're an American now, stop making me sick. Nobody speaks English from anymore. 102 at 560 WQM, 8771 Florida petition the signatures on at stopfcc.com. 229 to go in this hour, can we do it? No. Not even close, we won't uh, come within a million miles. That's sad. No, we'll do something eventually. <laughs> what, what does that mean? I mean? It's all good. Every little bit helps. We'll do something eventually. I don't. I don't get the, the significance of that statement. Well, we'll do... we do the fundraising thing and all that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, it's just it's disappointing though that these people just don't get it. They just. I mean, you know, there are some who did, but I think we've uh, shot our so far. You know, I'm, my catch my drift. So far, that's the you know, last thing. week, uh, two or three days, and there was this big response, and everybody, uh, but that's it. The rest of them don't care. They don't care enough to uh, send their very best or even their very worst. You think that when a big, big shot, big time uh, schmuck like me gets on air, can we say schmuck? No, no. I don't think so. A big time like me. I mean, people think that I'm exaggerating, that I'm embellishing this. We don't know what the hell we can say anymore. And the idea that we got some broad over there in Naples who's sitting there who fancies herself as some hotshot uh, attorney, and she's sitting there making these decisions now based on the best advice of our corporate lawyers. Uh, well, what does that mean? What the hell does that mean? I, I think the music thing is the answer. Then you mm -hmm. don't have to worry about any sure. words. Of course, then you got to worry about the words in the music, but no, it's no, very no. easy to like, you know. Instrumentals, baby. <laughs> yeah. All adventures, all day. Make sure that none of those instruments sound anything like a sound effect. So no. Bassoon. Maybe how about tequila by the champs? Right. Once in a while, we'll throw in little champs. Mm -hmm. Lots of adventures. Oh yeah, love the adventures. Um, maybe a little bit Mitch Miller, although they had some vocals. Right. How no, about got, Ray Conniff? We got Frank Mills, like the music box dancer guy. He's and how about some polkas? Sound good to me. Right. John Tesh. We got a CD in here somewhere. Right. Although, now, we got some polkas in here, but I'm not really sure we can play like uh, like this one. Oh, we can play the, yeah. I'm not, I don't know what the lyrics are. 
raspberry. Hey, oh, okay. I have to clarify when it's a raspberry. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line with all the FCC crap going on. Neil should do what is our poll question today? Nine hundred forty three votes. Just keep ripping Bush and ass six hundred thirty nine. Keep going as best he can. One eighty four. Retire. Fifty seven six percent say uh, I should retire. Not a bad idea. Send me some money. In fact, instead of raising money for the um, ads for StopFCC.com, how about just my retirement fund sounds good instead? Okay. Do a sports show, 21. Do a hockey show, 21. Go back to all bedtime stories, 14. Well, that hasn't moved even one vote. They hated that. In fact, the 50 people who did like it, they're probably gone now anyway. Not enough bedtime music, 7 out of 943 votes. Under God, key phrase for court this week. No, God. I love this. I think we'll do the poll on it tomorrow. Boston Globe is taking their own poll on it. And it's about fitty-fitty. Last time I checked, it's about even steaming, which shocks the hell out of me, especially with all the good Catholics up there in New England. The Supreme Court plunges back into the nation's culture wars this week, exploring anew the role that religion can play in public life as the justices examine the constitutionality of the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm one of those old farts old enough to remember before they used to goose-step us along and make us say, under God in the Pledge of Allegiance, in Jesus' name, Amen. On Wednesday morning, the justices will hold a one-hour hearing with attorneys over the meaning of the words in the Pledge, affirming that America exists under God. Oh, God! A phrase that appeals court said amounts to a religious exercise and must be omitted when public school children recite the pledge. And those people who say that are... Absolutely correct, sir. The lower court ruling has been condemned by President Bush, both houses of Congress, and a multitude of political, religious, and conservative advocacy organizations. Organizations. And has produced 51 legal briefs, more than in most cases, arguing the pros and cons of the issues before the Supreme Court. The 2-1 ruling in February 2003 by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, based in San Francisco, has won the support of a number of organizations, including Americans United for Separation of Church and State, the ACLU, and various atheist groups, as well as a number of scholars of law, history, and religion. Americans United calls the case the most controversial religion in schools case since the school prayer decisions of the early 60s. That's 1960s. If the justices decide that the phrase under God makes the pledge like a prayer, they could strike down its use in public schools, the only uh, setting at issue in the case. But if they're persuaded instead that the phrase is a patriotic expression, like the Declaration of Independence's statement that basic rights come from the Creator, they probably would uphold the pledge. Uh -huh. The ruling on that, con and, and by the way, not only that, do, are, do we force kids to recite the Declaration of Independence in schools? No. No. So, so where's the connection? I don't get it. But it's a patriotic expression. I didn't know that God was all that patriotic. I thought he liked the, the Jews over there, although lately you wouldn't know it. The ruling on that constitutional question could be difficult for the court either way, said Brett G. Sharfs, a law professor at Brigham Young. He likes him young. The court in this case is reaping the consequences of decades of vacillating and uncertain doctrine in this area of law. The relationship between government and religion, the pledge, Kate Sharfs said, may give the court an opportunity to clarify its doctrine. Although a ruling either way on the pledge would be a major event in constitutional law, two factors may prevent the court from deciding the question at all. First, only eight of the nine justices will hear the case and decide it. Oh, here's some great news. Great news, finally. 
Justice Antonin Scalia recused himself from the case after questions were raised about his impartiality because of the sharp public criticism he had made of the Ninth Circuit decision. Scalia's absence from the pledge case raises the prospect of a 4-4 to -four split, which would simply uphold the appeals court decision against the under-God phrase, but without an opinion by the justices. That would make the appeals court decision binding only in California and the eight other states included in the Ninth Circuit, but that would be a considerable result affecting 9 million public school students, to which we say, All right. Yeah. Second, a basic question has arisen over whether the Supreme Court and lower courts have the authority to decide the case. That question involves a dispute growing increasingly complex as the case unfolded about whether the California atheist who successfully challenged the pledge recital in public schools had a legal right to bring his case. If he did not, his lawsuit would be dismissed and the pledge would stand as it is. But that wouldn't make the issue go away. As a conservative advocacy group, the, ACA, the American Civil Rights Union, told the court in a legal brief, there should be no doubt that if this case is dismissed without decision, another test case on the same issue will be brought somewhere in the country, and in about three years that case will arrive in this court for determination. In the meantime, it added, school districts across the nation would have no reliable idea of whatever teachers could lead students in the pledges recital. Kind of like us here on the air, you know what? They have no guidance. We don't know what the law is. Today it's one thing. Tomorrow it's something else. Today you can say, tomorrow you can't say it. Wednesday maybe we can say, then Thursday we can't say, crap. The fact that there are people just foaming at the mouth about this, about what's going on with freedom of speech in this country, is staggering to me. It's amazing. It's not just about Howard Stern or Bubba the Love Sponge or the two guys that got suspended in Atlanta or all of these other fines and firings and suspensions going on and threats. We're going to take away your license. We're going to fine you $50 million. I still say they ought to make it $10 trillion. Every time you say, huh? Or Every finger. time you say crap, it should be $10 million. Take your pinky. So crap, crap, crap. There's, there's $30 million right there. How do you like that? Oh, my God. Gosh. About 30, man. Yeah. 30 million for crap. Here's the facts that says, I understand most anti-Bush advocates bewilderment when it comes down to the Bush followers not believing the lies and deeds of this administration. I honestly believe many of the Bushites knew it's uh, all lies and believe in the agenda. They approve of takeover of weaker nations and the destruction of other societies. This is a little bit too pseudo-intellectual for me. Uh, let's see, is innuendo still legal? No. Mm -mm. I mean, can you play the, if you think this is a song is dirty, go uh, F yourself? Well, no, see, that that's um, Farmer's Daughter. Right. Uh, also, this one, sign, sign the uh, stopfcc.com. Thank you. Uh, now, we can play that because uh, that the, they're, they're, the words aren't there. See, they just don't exist. I mean, if, if they're there in your mind, that's uh, that's up to you. That means you've got a potty mouth, dirty mind like most of us, but uh, they're not there. In fact, I think I'm going to play that after the break. There's absolutely nothing wrong. That's one of the few that we can play that's even like a little bit suggestive. But double entendre, no, can't do no double entendre, or triple entendre, and quadruple entendre, 50 years in jail. No parole. No early parole for good behavior for a quadruple entendre. But I'm sure that our brain trusted QAM are working feverishly right now. They're emailing and they're calling and they're they're crying. Oh, Greg, what are we gonna do? To get us all the answers we need, aren't they? Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, it's so tough to stick to those diets, man. A lot of them sound good in the beginning and then you lose interest and you have to count calories and you have to worry about buying this stuff and that stuff. Balance for life makes it simple because they do all the figuring out and the shopping for you. 
Balance for Life is the premier meal delivery service based on the Zone Diet, and they deliver right to your door three fantastic, delicious, fresh gourmet meals and two snacks every day in a little black sack. With all that food, how can you say you're on a diet? Because you're going to be full all day, which is the key. You're not going to have to be cheating in between. So try the real meal service that delivers results based on the Zone Diet. Don't settle for invitations. Imagine no shopping, no cooking, no cleaning, no calorie or carb counting, and people are losing an average of 12 to 18 pounds a month with Balance for Life. The Zone Diet has been proven to lower your blood sugar, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure, too. And now if you ever wanted to try the South Beach Diet, here's your chance, although I can't imagine why. Balance for Life is the closest thing you'll ever find because Balance for Life is the only meal delivery company that offers you menu choices that let you go from Phase 1 to Phase 3 of that South Beach Diet. No matter what it is that you're doing right now, if it's not working for you, you really owe yourself an attempt at the Balance for Life program because this could be the answer you're looking for. Feel the difference. See those results on the scale almost right away. Call them today at that new toll-free number, 1-866-225-4543. That's 1-866-225-4543. Or check them on that Wicked World Wide Web at balanceforlife.com. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. packing? There was an old farmer who lived on a rock. He sat in the meadow just shaking his fist at some boys who were down by the creek. Their feet in the water, their hands on their marbles and playthings, and at half past four, there came a young lady. She looked like a pretty young creature. She sat on the grass. She pulled up her dress and she showed them her ruffles and laces and white fluffy duck. She said she was learning a new way to bring up her children so they would not spit. While the boys in the barnyard were shoveling refuse and litter from yesterday's hut. While the girl in the meadow was rubbing her eyes at the fellow down by the dock. He looked like a man with a sizable home in the country with a big fence out front. If he asked her politely, she'd show him her little pet dog who was subject to fits. And maybe she'd let him grab hold of her small tender hands with a movement so quick. And then she'd bend over and suck on his candy so tasty made of butterscotch. And then he spread whipped cream all over her cookies that she had left out on her shelf. If you think this is dirty, you can go f*** yourself. Excellency, thank you for the good job. Whoever did that. They did. Came that way. Oh, well, that's what I meant. 118 at 560 WQM. Mike faxes and says, MiamiGasPrices.com. Check out what Bush's buddies pay in gas. Love your show. See you at the border. Heil Hitler, says Mike. <laughs> Pretty sad. Thanks for those low gas prices, Mr. President. <laughs> thank you very much. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. The calls have been fabulous today, make no mistake about it. WQAM, hello. Hey, Mr. Mr. Rogers, how you doing? I finally got okay. you. Buddy, the uh, right wingers are out, and, and they they out today. They panicking. Uh, 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 Cheney on with uh, lard ass right now, man. Yeah. They scrambling today, man. I think this, what, what puzzles me, if, if this guy was such a bad person or such, such inept, why didn't they wait to say it now? I mean, why was he that bad when they kept him from Clinton's administration? If this guy, this Clark guy, was so bad. Mm-hmm. And, and what about Ray, what about Reagan and Bush one about Daddy? 
This is what I'm saying. This guy's been there for 30 years. All of a sudden, now he's in there. About 30, man. They kept, they, listen, let me, let me explain something to you, Neil. Explain it. These people here are so corrupt. You know what I mean? And, 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 listen, one, one more thing before I go, because I'm, I'm about out of material. I just wanted to give you that spy report. John Kerry shouldn't be ashamed to say what he feels and, and mean what he says. These people are crooks. I was so happy when he said that. If you want to get the post, if you want to get the post of this country, listen to C-SPAN. They have some real idiots calling into this show. Yeah. And you'll really see what we're dealing with in America, man. I see <laughs> at the border. <laughs> okay, Pally, hang in there. See at the border. Uh, but I don't think they'll let you in. 8798. We're not uh, making much progress here. 202 away from 9000 on stopfcc.com. I don't know what it, uh, like I said, what it takes, but uh, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna bust the gut about it. Bust the what? Gut. Gut. Papa gut. You can say Papa it. Papa umau Just can't play it. We can say it. We can't play it. Can't say this no more. We sure can't say that no more. But they evidently don't care. So that's a, hey, listen, don't bother you, don't bother me. We can play the same five bits <laughs> over and over right. again. I get paid the same. Uh, so we we'll get our bonuses. Payday. Yeah. Well, so we won't get no more bonus. Oh, well. That's the way it goes. The onus is on the bonus. What about that under God business? Uh, well, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll take the poll. The, 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 now, the Boston Globe in their poll, it's interesting the way they... And I noticed since I mentioned it, it's probably our people. Probably people st going on Boston, um, Boston.com, which is the Globe's website. Go ahead. Have a good time. I noticed it's kind of like uh, 47 to 40. Do we want to keep the pledge the way it is now with the under God? And then the other 13 or 12 percent, whatever it was, said, uh, who the hell cares? Aren't there more important things for the Supreme Court to be worried about right now? Well, it's just one of them things. Like maybe freedom of speech, something like that, like the Bill of Rights. You can't have that. You can't have freedom of speech. We'll decide what speech it is. And then we'll let you know, maybe one of these days and maybe not. So you just keep guessing. That's what amuses me about our middle-level management people is, well, gee, I mean, we gave you that list last week. Uh, oh, gee. We want some guidelines. We want a company policy, okay? We want some rules and regs. We want a road with some speed limit signs on it. 8809, just, not just driving down the big Hershey Highway, okay, although Muff probably has uh, been down that road a few times. See what I mean? There you go again. 8809. 191 away. Do you think we can make it? Hello? Oh, boy. He's, what? Uh, he's laughing. It wasn't that good. Oh, that's not what he said. It was probably true, but it wasn't that good. See, now there's another one that that is right along that line. Careful. Right on the edge, I think, on the safe side, but nevertheless, I don't think I'll be saying that words. no more, you know? WQAM, hello. And nice talking to you, too. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Yeah, I, I just wanted to call about the freedom of speech issue and, 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 the, and the censorship. Uh, when I got out of high school in the mid-80s, uh, there was this older guy I worked with, and, and he told me a story back in 1939 when he went and seen Gone with the Wind. He said that uh, when he said, frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn, uh -huh. the, the whole theater was like, oh, my gosh, did he say damn? Oh, my God, are you kidding right. me? They made a, such a big deal. With, and I thought, Oh, my God. Through. It was just it was unbelievable. And that's yeah. what this is like. We're going to look back at this. That was, that was 65 years ago, man. 65 yeah. years ago, and now we're uh, making them look progressive. <laughs> All right, Neil. Thanks again, Pally, and don't say I'm, it again, damn it. I'm out. See ya. Thanks. 
8809. We need 191 people out there who care enough to send their very best. I'm sure that if we just push it and plug it and uh, crank it and twist it. Oh, we can't say that either? No. You're sitting right there at the, your computer. All you idiots there at QAM. Now, Miguel cared enough to send his very best. He uh, signed on the petition. What about Josh? Did you do it? I did. Josh did it. George did it. Right. I did it. Anybody else in that establishment? Probably not. But your mom didn't do it. She don't have no computer. Ain't my fault. Right. <laughs> she didn't have no computer. What do you mean, Josh's mom? I bet oh, you no, your mom didn't mom. do it either, your, George. Your mom, yeah. No, my mom. Yeah, your mom didn't do it either. She don't know nothing. Everybody's got a computer, and if not, they can go steal one real quick, okay? In fact, you can go right now at any of those uh, places. They're all over the place, in spite of George's uh, ignorance about them. All those uh, internet, internet cafe, cafe places. Right. They're all over there. Here in Toronto, there's one in every corner. I just said I didn't see any down here. Uh, internet cafe. Pop a little change in that machine. They give it a little uh, a little ticket comes out with a number on it. You pop that number. You print it in there, and bada bing, you're on the internet. For just a few cent, you can be on there long enough to go to stopfcc.com and sign a petition, put your name and address. You don't even have to put your address on there, just the city where you live. You don't have to put your shoe size. See, there are a whole lot of people, oh, gee, I'm scared. I don't want to put my name. Why not? If you're that scared of the American government, then you should be moving right now. You should be on a banana boat somewhere if you're really that scared. I'm telling you. As much, as much uh, contempt as I have for the present uh, government there, I mean, uh, if you're that nervous about it, then how the hell can you possibly still be in America? Catch my drift? Well, they got their guns. Let me just, I uh, see, it's hard to refresh this thing because it doesn't have an 8816. Well, whoop de we got seven more there while I was ranting and raving. That ain't good enough. That's not good enough. They ought to be coming in here. I, I don't understand this thing. I'm not saying that getting a million signatures guarantees that we're going to get these uh, clowns to back off, but it's a hell of a way to make the politicians sit up in an election year and take a look and say, wow, people are pissed off and fired up, and they're not going to take any more of this, and we better start looking at this. We better start addressing the issue as opposed to just posturing as moral goody two-shoes who are holier than now because we think that's the perception the public wants of us. Baloney. We know you're all a bunch of perverts, all you people in Congress. You're a bunch of perverts just like we are. So when the hell are you going to loosen up a little bit and stop the crap? Crap. Say it again. Spell it with a K. Crap. Don't they make that good macaroni and cheese? Crap. Yeah, it is. I do like that. Can't eat it, but boy, I do. I, 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 I don't mean, like that brand. You don't? No. Well, what's the, what's the good one? All of the other ones. Borden makes a nice one. You know what's really good? Yeah, I do, but what are you thinking about? Hamburger Helper. Oh, yeah, I agree. Wow. You know it. But you, I told you those stories, what I used to do sure. in Sarasota when I weighed 50,000 pounds. Hamburgerless helper. I cook up the, no, I cook up the whole thing with a hamburger, with a pound of hamburger, cook up the whole thing, give me a big jug of Hawaiian punch with sugar. And eat the pot. And watch a, like the football game, college football on a Saturday afternoon, eat the whole thing. And you weren't even a smoker. I mean, a water pipe smoker. Ah, ah, and I see, Josh, did you notice that? Mark the time down. Mark down the time, 126. Monday, March 22. Well, he's promoting, he's promoting drug paraphernalia. And not only that, but he's promoting that potty mouth Pharrell. Pharrell. Thanks a lot, Pharrell, by the way, for being on the station because it was his, all of that business with him, that's what started where we are right now on QAM. I'm not blaming him for the whole national thing, but, but in terms of QAM, that's why they're uh, unloading their uh, diapers every five seconds. Did I say unloading in their diapers? Well, that too. 27 after 1 at 560 WQM, your very pure and lily-white station. Make no mistake about it. Be sure and tell everybody, we're as pure as it gets. 
just like from the White House, pure crap. Hey, if you're in a dead-end job, if you're underpaid and overworked, how'd you like to get yourself a real career and a big paycheck that goes along with it so you can basically have a life? I have no life. Well, get one. Pick up the phone and call Fast Train right now, toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. They can have you trained and certified for a great high-paying computer career by, like, the uh, latter part of the summer. It's true. You can be fully trained and ready for that new career in as little as four short months. Fast Train offers day, evening, weekend classes to fit around your schedule, no matter what it might be. Fast Train offers job placement assistance, financial aid to guys who qualify, and because there are seven convenient Fast Train locations all over Florida, there is bound to be one nearby you. So don't wait. Pick up the phone and call them today. Check them out on the web first if you like, fasttrain.com, and then make that call that can really change your life in a most positive way, get you some serious cash. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. Trusted Book O'Brien to finally record one bit that didn't have <laughs> one of those words. And nice going, Brian. There's one. 8846 from Florida on stopfcc.com. 154 to go for 9,000. Wouldn't that be sweet? In a half an hour, 154. They could do that in the next 10 minutes, you know. If they wanted to. If they really wanted to. If they wanted to care enough to sit their very best. Just this one time. Just this one time, people. Get with it. Get your finger out and tap it, that uh, computer keyboard. StopFCC.com and stop the insanity once and for all. Egypt unveils restored sarcophagus of Ramsey VI. What's that bit we've got where he says sarcophagus? Oh, that's an outro bit. Right. <laughs> there is a word you don't hear too often. I don't know why. It's a great word. Egypt yesterday unveiled the restored sarcophagus of Ramsey VI. Pieced together from 250 fragments and now on permanent display where it was first interred in the massive tomb of the ancient fairy, a pharaoh who ruled about 3,100 years ago. Chip Vincent, director of the Egypt Project at the American Research Center in Cairo, said 10 American, Canadian, and Egyptian experts worked for two years on the reconstruction of the sarcophagus carved in the shape of a mummy from a single block of green conglomerate. In the past, visitors to the tomb would only see the broken pieces of the sarcophagus, Vincent said. Now they have the experience to see the head and the face of the pharaoh. Ain't that great? 
It's something. The restored lid shows a face with wide-set eyes and full lips, and the crossed hands hold royal scepters. Much of the lid is missing, however, and some fragments on the sides are supported with steel rods. Yeah, they must be crapping in their pants at the White House, I'll tell you, after that piece on 60 Minutes last night, which we played the audio last hour, to trot out Cheney to bring him out of the closet, Vice President Dick Cheney. Out of the bunker? To bring him out of his hiding in his bunker, like Heinrich Himmler, and put him on with Rush today. I wonder how many they were popping, the two of them, huh? You've heard of Hell's a-poppin'. They should call that show Pills a-poppin'. And how come we don't hear any more about that other than uh, Roy Black is pissed off about this and Roy Black is pissed off about that and they're picking on poor Rush? We don't want to say he's a hypocrite, do we? Yes. Yeah. Finger-pointing ton of crap. Come on, Wilma. We need some more, Wilma. Give me the shipment, Wilma. The good stuff. 88.46. What did I say a minute ago or did it didn't change? I don't know. I forgot I tuned it up. What do you mean by that? In other words, you <laughs> throw it in the towel. You don't think I can do it. No, it, it can be done. I mean, no, physically it can be done. I mean, logistically it can be done. But in terms of this crowd, I mean, there is uh, somebody from Coral Gables on there, which we thank them. But the last five people to sign, Indiana, Washington, the state of Washington, uh, Michigan, and uh, White Lake, Michigan, no less, and Coral Gables. Well, that's good. That's Something good happened in the Gables. Thank you. The guy that said he's uh, doing a thing with it. Now, what did this? What just happened here? Why did this print out? I didn't print it. Did you send me this? Send you what? I, I must be losing it. I just printed out the, well, the stop FCC result. I didn't send that. Eighty-eight forty-six, and we're not that far behind California. I should point out. Well, uh, again, make it into a contest. Make it into a fun thing. And we'll raise fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars faster than you can say. Absolutely correct, sir. And get ads all over the place. We'll have our million signatures. At least we'll go down fighting anyway, as opposed to just pretending we're on some kind of an ego trip. I don't want to mention any names. Just can't stand that stuff. Canadians horrified by the discovery of an alleged serial killer in their midst have been confronted with even worse news. They may have eaten animals that ate the victims. Do you see this story? No. The farmer suspected of killing at least 22 women is feared to have disposed of their bodies by feeding them to his pigs. Ooh. The pigs were slaughtered on his farm, 30 kilometers, that's 18 miles east of Vancouver, and the meat given to hundreds of local people. All right. Police this week confirmed samples of the pig meat probably contained human DNA, raising the prospect that those living near the farm of suspected killer Robert William Picton ate his victims. They're eating people. Sounds like Boca Burgers all over again. <laughs> Picton, 54, apparently had a habit of slaughtering pigs, wrapping up the meat and dis uh, distributing it to associates and friends. Many of Picton's victims were prostitutes. The killer regularly gave pork Ew. from his farm to other sex workers. Now, in the old days, I have a great, I have a great line for that, but I can't yeah, say it. In the old days, we'll just have to imagine it. Oh, what a good line! Back, back in the day, those are my friends that he served up. Said one prostitute this week after learning she may have eaten meat contaminated with her friend's DNA. Families of the missing women expressed shock at the news with one telling a Vancouver radio station, I'm not eating dinner tonight. <laughs> How about some macaroni and cheese, please? <laughs> Trace. Police have asked anyone with frozen pork products from the farm to turn them into authorities immediately. Health officials are examining whether human pathogens and diseases such as hepatitis and HIV could have been transferred through the meat products. Police arrested Picton in February 2002, but only announced this week they had found human remains and other DNA samples at the farm. He's been charged with 15 counts of first-degree murder and the disappearances of women over the past 20 years. They were eating people. 
Yeah, but they were Ooh. they were hookers. That oh, like I said, back in the day, there are a lot of lines uh, possibilities that come to yeah, mind. But that's because I'm a pervert, just like you are. Sure, proud of it. With all the FCC crap going on, that's our poll on NeilRogers.com. A thousand and fifty-four votes. That's not too shabby. Neil should just keep ripping Bush and ass 714, 67.7%. And look at this, Scott McClellan. He pursued a policy. Says uh, Richard Clark's uh, accusations irresponsible. Yeah, they can't handle the truth at the White House. It's not responsible to tell it like it is, that they uh, fake the whole world into a phony war and that they're doing all these human sacrifices over in Iraq. So anyway, just keep ripping Bush. Two-thirds say that. Uh, keep going as best you can, 206. Just keep on trucking. Can we say trucking? No. Just keep on doing it. Retire. 63. 5.9% say, hey, you old fart, retire. Especially before the election, they'd like that. Do a hockey show, 24. Do a sports show, 22. So a hockey show has moved into the lead. How do you like that? That's all them hockey fans that are pissed off and fired up about that Lexus parking section there at the Mac Arena. That, that to me is... A, when, when you're having trouble selling any tickets, when you're giving all those tickets away, when the only time you can give any asses in the arena are when you're giving something away, when the team is like basically uh, no chance left for the playoffs now with that Islander win yesterday, uh, and you're pissing people off by creating a Lexus parking area with like nine or ten cars in there and all the other people have to schlep that much further even though they're paying additional for uh, uh, preferred parking. I heard that and I didn't know whether to scream or eat the Chiquita's banana. I, I just can't believe it. Anyway, retire 63, hockey show 24, sports show 22, go back to uh, all bedtime stories only 17. They hated it. And play music 8 out of 1,062. Come on. Let's play some music. What do you say? All the hits all the time. We got all the great jingles to go along with it. I don't think Clarence and uh, Muff were too uh, crazy about the music idea. They didn't have too much to say about it. But I mentioned that the two of them feverishly are working on it right now about our dilemma. They're working on it. And the dilemma, too. Oh, see, that's a quadruple entendre. <laughs> well, stop it. I don't even know how to respond anymore. No, seriously, it, it, it has reached the point where you, every, every time you say anything, you think, well, wait a minute, I couldn't say that. Did I just say that? 141 at 560 WQM. Here's one thing I'll tell you. I've been using dry concepts in my homes for over 20 years because there is nobody anywhere in the universe that comes close to the job they do for you and the whole deal all the way around. They don't give you any rip-offs when they finish the job and say, oh, guess what? It was extra for this and extra for that. They give you a written guaranteed price up front before they start doing their fantastic dry cleaning job. So whether it's your carpet, area rugs, drapery, you want them professionally cleaned, call the experts at dry concepts because they're simply the best in the universe. Using Dry Concepts certified trained technicians, they'll dry clean your carpets like you dry clean your clothing. That's why they call it Dry Concepts, leaving them vibrant in color, soft to the touch. They smell lemony fresh. They're drying a couple of hours, and it looks like you had brand new laid down. See, I can't say laid no more. Brand new carpeting laid down on your floor, and even if you didn't. And don't forget, with Dry Concepts, your rugs will be dry, like I said, in no time at all, so you can clean today and entertain tonight. And when you do make that call to Dry Concepts, please ask them how you can get on their standby list because that will save you an extra 15% off your next carpet cleaning off their already unbeatable, reasonable price. Call them today. You'll never dream of calling anybody else again when you use these people the first time. They're the best anywhere. Call 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071 or check them on the web at drawconcepts.com. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM.
Minutes to do it. I don't think it's going to happen to you. No. So close, though. Close, but no cigar. Jackson Brown, who was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame March 15th, week ago today, mm-hmm. writes Carlos Varela, the great Cuban singwriter, songwriter, uh, what I say, singwriter? Singwriter. Singwriter, songwriter, applied for a visa to come to the U.S. to sing his powerful, amazing songs. He had concerts planned in Miami, New York, and L.A. Our government turned him down. Visas have been denied to other Cuban artists because their visits are detrimental to the interest of our country. In essence, the government says that if Carlos Varela plays concerts in the U.S., the money he makes would go to Fidel Castro. This is untrue. In Cuba, renowned art- artists keep much of what they earn because the government doesn't want them to leave the country and live somewhere else. Yet the Bush administration used the same reasoning to keep Abraham Ferrer of the Buena Vista Social Club and Manuel Galban from attending the Germany Award, the Grammy Award ceremony in L.A. last month. Both men won awards. Germany, I guess, was a Freudian slip. I guess. And also forced to postpone of concerts by Spanish flamenco master Paco de Lucia. Lucia? Si. Paco de Lucia, because he plays with Alan Perez Rodriguez, a Cuban-born bassist. I congratulate the State Department on finally determining that Mr. Perez is not detrimental to the interest of our country, although those of us who were able to reschedule and hear him play this month know that he's a truly dangerous man. In a profound way, our government takes on the role of oppressor when it tries to control which artists will be allowed access to our minds and our hearts. We may think we are isolating Cuba with our embargo and our travel restrictions, but it is we Americans who are becoming isolated. People travel to Cuba from Australia, Britain, Canada, Italy, and Spain, countries we consider staunch allies, eh? U.S. foreign policy toward Cuba is unpopular in America, and for good reason. It stops Americans from traveling to Cuba and Cubans from coming into the States. It stops us from sharing medicine with the ill and restricts our ability to sell food to the hungry. This policy is an outdated relic of the Cold War and exists only as a political payoff to the Republican-leaning Cuban-American voters in Miami. The policy of punishing Cuba works only when Americans see the angry face of Cuban repression, but in the face of Carlos Varela the language, uh, and the language of his music, Americans would not find the mask of a demon but hear the aspirations of people just like themselves. 
Perhaps the most prominent paradox here is that Carlos Varela is known not only for his talent, but also for his courage to speak out through his songs, many of which have been interpreted as critical of the Cuban government. While these young Cubans respect the accomplishments of their leaders, they are ready, indeed impatient, to run their own affairs. They want freedom for themselves and independence for their country. They want the new Cuba to be created by the Cuban people, not by the U.S. I believe in justice and human rights in the U.S. and abroad. I'm saddened by the treatment by the Cuban government of the political dissidents in their country. I long for the day when there's freedom for both Cubans and Americans to travel in both directions across the Straits of Florida without undue interference by their governments. I want this freedom not just for artists, but for all people, American and Cuban, who live each day in the hope for a just and prosperous future. Giving Carlos Varela a visa to sing in America would be a good way to begin, writes Jackson Brown, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where we go today. As Red Barber would say, Oh, Doctor, my eyes. This is Sports Radio 560, QAM. We're gonna make it, George. I think only 87 to go. We got a shot. The Middle Eastern world will be exploded. Dominant people killed with the gas that we sold him. First time aggressor nation and the only one that's going. Now more blood will be spilled to get that oil flowing. Forget about Korea and the nukes they're toting and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our head that iraq has some weapons of mass destruction oh my god three thousand people killed are now forgotten let's exploit them instead Hey, there's oil to be gotten, going after Saddam to placate Osama. There's no longer mention of the name Bin Laden, but no one seems concerned, all comfy and complacent, believing every word of this cartel administration that controls us by fear through media manipulation. And the right wing is drilling it over and over into our heads. That Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. The loss of civil rights is the price that we're paying. We're all suspects now, Nazi Ashcroft is saying. I have nothing to hide, table talkers all are saying. Blind, obedient cattle don't have any reservation. Without unprovoked battle and world annihilation. Old regimes must fall in Halliburton installed. With no objection at all, Democrats don't have the balls. And the right wing is drilling it over and over into our brainwashed heads. Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Only Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Now, what was that all about? Because I can't get on there now. What, what? That. Oh! What was that? Oh, I just, I hit a note. Oh, for no particular reason. I thought maybe we got to 9,000. No, no, it was just. 
inspired. I got the music in me. I can't get to it. I can't get out of it. We had 89.13. They're all on there right at the ass end, see? They wanted to leave me hanging. But thanks anyway to everybody who signed a petition, stopfcc.com. We only need about 80 gazillion more. Did you hear me say John Jarris did it? He came in to say. Nice going, John Jarris. There's a guy that's got up here from Power 96. There's a, one guy in the building, along with Miguel and the rest of us on this show. He said he was going to go uh, tell Kid Curry to do it. Kid Scurvy, he'll do it because he don't want to have all those uh, all those uh, uh, hip-hop records censored on Power 96. I mean, where the hell does it stop? It isn't just about Howard Stern or Bubba the Love Sponge or Neil Rogers or uh, this and that. It, it's about whether or not you get to make any choices. It's whether one day all of a sudden the government gets bent out of shape and they say, oh, well, we decided this is all very dirty and it's unacceptable based on what? Well, you know, it's just like uh, Muck told me this morning he got, huh? I said, just because. He gets the email from over in Naples. She says, well, the G-Dam, uh, no, uh, uh, we don't think so. Based on how does that fit in to sexual activity or excretory activity? Huh? The Christians don't like it. Well, screw the Christians is what I say. All right. I have. <laughs> I'm sure. And they liked it. Sure I, they I can't get on uh, this them. thing. So I'm going to have to assume that we got our uh, oh, no, 9,000. No, no, uh, 8928. 8928? 89.28. I just refreshed it. I see. Well, well like I said, we're going to come very, very close. Maybe if there's this last-minute flurry, huh, in this last minute before 2 o'clock. Anyway, that's uh, well, how'd the poll come out? That We keep uh, overlooking that. Important. With all the FCC crap going on, Neil should just keep him uh, ripping bush and ass, 766. Keep uh, going as best he can, 222. Retire, 64, 5.6%. Do a hockey show, 26. Uh, do a sports show, 23. Go back to all bedtime stories, 20, and play music only 8 out of 1,129 votes. A staggering total. So for a Monday, we kind of like stirred the pot a little bit. And, of course, after you stir it, you know what it's time to do. Time to smoke. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape.